previously on the Indie Corner. Jay White, um, <laughs> who is probably like my most disliked wrestler at the moment, I've got to say. I think he's being pushed way above the level of his ability. I find Jay White really hard to watch, and I've just not got what people are seeing in this, because Jay White, I am so down on. I just find it the most cringe, unnatural, um, unorganic gimmick I've ever seen someone try to portray in a wrestling ring. But his offense is really boring. But compare a Jay White middle finger to a Stone Cold middle finger. You've got like a badass middle finger against a, high, a rebellious high school shooter middle <laughs> finger right there. He's been woefully miscast in this role, I think. Uh, he's got shit hair, shit nose, shit gloves, shit jacket, shit tights. <laughs> Do an intro anymore, or, or do we just start? I reckon just start. I think I think we've done away with it, haven't we? I think the intro is. This dead. is the way it works. <laughs> when are you going to do a special intro? Oh, for fuck's sake! What's this? Oh, right. So as this PSG. So as this is going on, this is at the same time. We're now sixty minutes, and PSG have gone two 0 up away at Old Trafford. I told you this would happen. <sighs> An hour. <laughs> so, Joe, I was going to ask you. Uh, I know you're not on Twitter anymore, but have you uh, have you seen the uh, the hotel that I've booked us uh, for Blackpool this weekend? I'm sure you're excited. Oh, of course I have. Yeah, proper <laughs> old school B and B. Yeah. Have, have, you he- have you heard the review that I posted? No. <laughs> I noticed the other day, uh, Lucy, your girlfriend, posted um, liked my tweet about it. I thought she might have filled you in. Uh, it no. doesn't look good, mate. I, I tried to book. I want to show you is like the real Blackpool and what it's really like. So I tried to book like a traditional shitty B and B in Blackpool, and the reviews were generally good. But the, yeah, there's one really, really bad one. Like I'll, I'll, I'll read you a bit of it. it. It's titled "Knits, Fleas, and Dog Poo." Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> now bear in mind the rest of the reviews are really good. This one says absolutely disgusting. Had to shave my hair off as I got nits from the pillows. There were fleas in the bed and actual dog poo on the skating board and curtains, which stank awful. What do you think, Joe? Excited? Fucking hell, he was staying. <laughs> it, it also says only 14 working channels on the TV. I think 14 working channels that, is actually that's for Blackpool. Enough. That's quite good. That's uh, it also says that every time they walk past a certain member of staff, they made funny noises. I think this person's just a psychopath, Joe. I think you're going to love it. Uh, yeah, I look forward to it. I might just take my own pillow. Can't be like Carl's doing that. He's coming to stay with us, and he's he's driving down from Manchester, and he's literally going to bring like his own pillow. I think he's bringing his own bed covers. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that bad. I've stayed in some shitholes in Blackpool, and this one yeah. looks all right by by the start. Look, we're paying fifteen pound each night. You can, you, I can I can live with that. In, in two thousand and one, I went traveling around Central America for several months, and I stayed in places where I genuinely didn't want to open my eyes during the night. It was, it was fucking horrible. Like, where you'd be killing mosquitoes, and there'd be blood all over the walls. Like, three every single bed. Dark days. Yeah, you feel like you're in like another stone film or something. 
It did. Yeah. It did a fit. It did feel a bit like that. It was. It was kind of like being inside a dangerous 1970s Costa Gavras film. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. There's, right. a, there's a there's a filmic reference for the start of the start of the pod. I've stayed in hundreds of hostels, and they've always Same. I've never had an issue. Did I tell you the story of the last one I stayed in in Poland when uh, we stayed? We stayed. We that we there were some girls in the in the room who really hated us. Like we booked it. Thinking we, there was five of us, and we thought that we had a private room, and we ended up in a dorm, like mixed with with dudes, smelly other smelly dudes, girls in there. It was a whole shit show. Like, oh, my mate was talking to one of the girls like the the night after our first night out, and was like, "Oh, you going out tonight? Are you you're looking forward to the night out?" And she was like, "No, I didn't get any sleep last night because a group of English lads came back to the room at four in the morning and just started snoring and farting all night." I was like, <laughs> That's us. <laughs> Uh, so maybe oh, it was worse for them we, than us. I, I've always enjoyed staying in hostels. Yeah, same. We stayed in one when it was your birthday. Went up to Manchester for the Progress show. Oh, really? Did you? That was really one. Nice. And the problem was, it was the same night as was it Stone Roses? Stone, Stone Roses at the Etihad or at the mm. City of Manchester Stadium at the time? I think you no, were. It the, well, it was the Etihad, and yeah, it was. There was no sleep going on. That was hard. That was hard, hard work. Oh. That was. We were, no sleep whatsoever. Can't. And in Dublin, we did it. Yeah. That was a much better time, though, because that was the night that um, I think Akada retained the uh, IWGP title from Naito. That's two, right. Two great wrestlers in a New Japan main event right there. Brighter, <laughs> brighter days. There you go. I, I don't think we're going to get that in Blackpool. I mean, we're getting Jeff Cobb versus... Who's Jeff Cobb? Oh, it's Jeff Cobb versus... Tom Lawler. Tom Lawler, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we've got that to look forward to. Although the first, it's four shows for £15. Like across two days, I think that's pretty impressive as a start. Apparently, it's TV tapings as well because they're going to be going on the Fight Network UK. Uh, they're, they're pushing the boat out, but yeah, fifteen pounds you can't argue in a match like that. How, it's going to make it worth it. How much is that show? Like three pound, three pound seventy five a show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three pound seventy five a show. Fuck me, that's I'm, value. I'm going through the like the list of people who are in it, and I'm thinking there's a good few in it. And I'm like. Perfect for that kind of, for the price that we're paying for it. Mm. Thinking this is great. So Sugar Dunkerton, mm. um, Joey Hayes, Jeff Cobb, obviously Philip Michael. I'm not too familiar with. Uh, yeah, um, he's like a young flyer. I've kind of seen him a couple of times over over the last few years. Okay, so decent. That'll be good. He looks like Tinnet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got the look. Um, Tom Lawler. Shake El Sham, obviously, who I have to admit, I want to see The main him draw. Yeah, the main draw. Danny Hope, Yestin Reese, and MJF. We're going to get a bit of double barrel MJF. I forgot that MJF was on the show. Like, that must be like his. I don't know if he's exclusive to AEW, but like his, his little UK run mark, because he's obviously doing RevPro as well, isn't he? Uh, that's cool. I mean, it's a, it's a real PCO not being there, kind of put a couple of my mates off who were going to come. But they've still got mm. a, an interesting lineup there. Plus, we're probably not going to see it. We're, we're saying it's three pound on the show. What are the chances we're going to see these early shows? One of them starts at twelve. I don't. I don't know what time the Sunday one starts after a night out in Blackpool. Half half eleven. Yeah. Good luck. But I, I've, I've been to PCW weekenders before in Preston where they've done early shows. There was a famous, I think it was ACH and somebody else where they did like a hangover match where neither of them took any bumps in the match and they just told the crowd to be quiet the entire way through. <laughs> so I could imagine we could get some shenanigans like that, but yeah, I imagine with the sights that Blackpool's going to have for uh, for you two Oxford lads, it's going to be a 
it's going to be the types of things maybe you've not seen before. So uh, I think I could see us uh, sleeping off a, a few hangovers on a. Mate, I'm not an Oxford lad. I'm a Livy. It's all down south. I'm I'm fascinated by the play. I've never been to Blackpool in my life. One in, in been previous years, I would have said I'll go and watch a Blackpool game, but their owner is an absolute prick of the highest order. So. There's no chance of doing that whatsoever. Give him any money whatsoever. Have um, you been to Benidorm, I've, JP? I've never been to Benidorm. You've been anywhere like that, like those shitty I, like Britain in the Sun. Yeah, thing, I went on a sort of... Anyone who's met me, it's not really me, but I ended up going on like one of these Club 18 to 30 holidays <laughs> in Grand Canary about 2002. No, yeah, it was about 2002. Oh, I can't imagine that. <laughs> it was it's great. Like... I'm not going to go into detail, obviously. It was wild. <laughs> Well, it's going to be like that, mate, but without the sun. That's basically the way to look at it. Oh, okay. fine. Absolutely <laughs> fine. I'm I'm looking to be kind of like almost shocked by what it's like. I don't know what I'm thinking I'm walking into. It's not Sodom and Gomorrah, but I'm more <laughs> than game to see what it's like. Uh, I, I just want to know what your 18 to 30 holiday was like now, to be honest, mate. I, I'll save that for when we meet up because <laughs> there are some stories from that. Did you not get a Tenerife and your dad was living over? No, I didn't. Oh, did you not? No, oh. no, I didn't. I did. He was he. He lived there for a bit. My dad for like about six months. He fuck. He got bored, senseless after a while. So he ended up moving back to the UK. So I never went out there. Uh-huh. A bit disappointed. I thought I'm gonna have a you know holiday flat on tap. Do I fuck? <laughs> I don't think any of us are going to now with with Brexit looming, mate. I saw a saw a news story the other day where it was all these people who who live in Benidorm and the other Costas it's... kind of moaning that they'd voted for Brexit. Um, and it looked like they were possibly going to have to move home. It was just like the height of just perfect. Because they're expats, not immigrants. That, there's a difference there. You know what they fucking ask for is they can get to fuck and stop <laughs> mouth. <laughs> I agree. How do we get out to that? Blue passports, new 50ps. They'll be fine. There we go. Uh, oh, the other thing before we get started properly, I wanted to ask you about Joe. Is you, I believe you watched the. Uh, you finally saw the final score film. No, is it set at West Ham Stadium with Batista in? Is that is that the, the general gist of it? It's Upton Park. So basically, Upton Park is the Nakatomi Plaza from Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Batista is John McClane. Um, he's got the worst impersonator of um, Reginald Val Johnson, or what's his name, Al Pal. You'll ever see some yeah. some Asian bloke. They honestly should have cast Masood from EastEnders in the role. Would have given a much more charismatic and affable performance than the guy they cast. It was utter shit. Uh, there's a bit where the guy has to clear a stand in the ground. He's this Asian guy, and he can't clear the stand because no one listens to him. And then he starts speaking. Um, he's, he's oh, says, no. I'll start speaking the language of a terrorist, and that'll clear it. Oh, Jesus. and then he starts shouting all sorts of kind of uh, sort of, I suppose, Islamist dialogue, oh, and the stand clears in a flash. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't necessary, oh, was it? It was not necessary. Oh. Pierce Brosnan is on screen for maybe three minutes total. I think he probably <laughs> did about two days of shooting got a fat wedge and put his name on the bloody poster. Alan Rickman, he is not. Um, and I love Pierce. Love him. I was well disappointed with our little ego. The main girl in it is meant to have grown up in the East End and been like an hardcore West Ham fan. Batista's her uncle, not by blood, but he was uh, her dad's best mate when they were out in Afghanistan. <laughs> 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 the role he was born to play. 
girl who's lived down the East End her whole life is not Sonia Fowler. She's more like, I don't know, Tracy Barlow or someone. Like, she's about as northern as it gets. <laughs> the cast it is, apart from Batista, obviously, is all over the place. Like, Dave gives a serviceable performance for what he's given. I'll say that. He, you know, he doesn't push rather like him as a worker. He's not going to push him, push the bow out for a lot of these director streaming service, direct, you know, non-cinema releases. He yeah. saves his magic for the, you know, the five minutes he's in Blade Runner 2049 oh, or Drax. That was awesome. One he's of the, the best, best part things of that in film. That. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Which one? He's in Spectre. Oh, Christ, he didn't say a word, though, yeah, does he? Yeah, it's yeah. a terrible film, that one. Yeah, it wasn't good. Batista was good, though. I enjoyed it. Oh, he always is. Was, and he's um, rumoured AEW, possibly. Get in there. Go on, Tone. <laughs> Spend that big Mitrovic money. You've got it. How was Tony Cotty? I've got to ask that, Joe. Oh, Tony Cotty and Rufus Brever were the best part of the film. Tony Cotty is... is <gasps> oh! <laughs> is killed in a TV studio as part of the... the... <laughs> <laughs> Tony Cotty! Tony Cotty, yeah. What? The Kate Middleton of our times? Sorry. Sorry. Uh, no, I'm just like thinking what the, the nation like the oh, nation right. mourns. Mourn Tony Cotty wasn't okay middle mate. <laughs> I'd be more in a state of shock either way. I nearly joined Arsenal back in the day, two and a half. That was George Graham for you. That's an aside. Tight fisted bastard. Still took money for the bunk. Carry on, Joe. Uh, yeah. Um, Tony Cotty. Everton legend as well for Benno. Yeah. Um Tony oh. Cotty gets by one of the terrorists and you see it. <laughs> Take a bullet on screen. He gets shot. How does he take it? Like a pro? Like a pro. He sells it good and proper as well. Yeah. I can imagine that. Tell- I've seen him go down for some penalties like that. You know, He was never my favourite. I was always more of a Stuart McCall kind of guy, Graham Stewart kind of guy, but I always liked Tony Cotty. Not a Neil Rydell, man. Uh, you know, he, he got the he got the odd header. I Paul Rydell. When he came in. Paul Rydell. Sorry, yeah, Paul yeah. Rydell. Yeah. Oh, Drunken Duncan. Duncan yeah. Disorder. Daniel Amakachi, that was that was another like Amakachi, Duncan Ferguson, kind of my favourite ever in the strikers, I would say. More of a Danny Kadamatri man myself. <laughs> We're all gonna need to lock, knock this wrestling on the head and just sort of stick around nineties football really at this point, don't we? <laughs> I think that niche is already filled by oh. Josh Widdicombe and yes. uh, those blokes, which is a great podcast, by the Definitely. way. The other thing I was gonna ask Joe was uh I don't know if has JP told you about uh the forthcoming storyline in Emmerdale that might uh, might get you into it. We talked on Ask Rev Joe about your your hatred of uh, country style. So oh. there's been uh, there's some big big yeah. news this week, hasn't there, JP? It has. I've seen I've seen this. I must confess. I know my mum would be watching it. She watches her Emmerdale. She still watches it, does she? I think she does. She lives up there. She loves that stuff. Yeah, I've never been a man for a rural soap opera. Heartbeat, <laughs> it's not more of a drama in it. But Emmerdale, just the the sound of the music just kills me. And something sometimes like he dies when I hear that Emmerdale music, <laughs> and I see those green hills. I just think to myself, you could build houses on those green hills. <laughs> well, well, let me tell you if this could get you into it. The, the headline story on Digital Spy: Emmerdale's Paddy Kirk finally confronts Beowulf. Has he found his long lost father? Apparently, uh, Paddy Kerr comes face-to-face with the man that could be his biological father, professional wrestler, Beowulf. Um, and apparently, he spends <laughs> the, the next sequence of episodes trying to... He goes to a wrestling convention. There's a nice oh picture on the digital <laughs> digital spy website of a classic wrestling post, poster with a big Beowulf poster. If, if you can imagine Beowulf, if, if people haven't seen a photo of him, he's like a fatter Wolfgang. Uh, 
He's dressed in full wrestling gear here in the photo. Yeah. He's going to be uh, meeting if, up with him, reconnecting with his dad. There you go. That, that's kind of yeah. kind of the, the design. Is that not, not interest you at all, Joe? I'm going to send you the link now. Um, I, I've seen the picture, mate. I've seen a look. Um, it's a embarrassment of riches, really, isn't it? It's the same <laughs> old ITV perception of wrestling. Whoa, that wrestling lark. What? What a bunch of clowns. Pantomime. Woohoo. It's do just that. Do you remember the Biker Grove episode where they went to the wrestling? Like, that's one that sticks in yes. my brain. Where it's like, it was the, uh, yes, the Legend of Doom, the uh, the Hawk tribute. I think Ricky Knight was in it as Animal as well, maybe, but I do remember the Hawk guy being there, <laughs> the Legend of Doom. That's brilliant, that is. You've got to get around WWE copyright, dress exactly like Hawk, and call yourself not the Legion of Doom, <laughs> the Legend of Doom. I think, was it PJO Duncan got gorilla pressed? I'm sure that was part of it. They should have got, like, Joe Coffey in his Quaddy H or something instead, shouldn't they? Like, <laughs> I don't know, Hunter Hurst, Horace Helmsley. Oh, shut up. That's awful. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, uh, Emmerdale is just never going to... Uh, it just looks awful. Are they going to do some sort of World of Sport crossover here or something at the same time? Perhaps they'll launch the new series of World of Sport with this guy pushing it on Emmerdale or something <laughs> to try and get casuals in. That'd be Bring him in main it, events, like like, uh, it, like Mickey Rourke when he came in and did this, wanted to do a match with Jericho. Maybe they could do that. I, I was up for that one, especially <laughs> after that CNN segment with Larry King. That was incredible. I was gripped. But nah, Paddy Kirk. I don't even know who he is, but he sounds like a twat. Um, <laughs> no! I, I won't be watching Emmerdale anytime soon. I'd be up for another storyline like Tony. Oh, I've seen him around before. I remember my nan used to watch it and he was in it then when she was still alive. Um, I remember when uh, Toady and Connor did a wrestling storyline in Neighbours. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the Lawman. That was all right. I was into that. And then there was an episode where Batista turned up in Neighbours as one. well. In a stadium. It was like in, a, like in an Aussie, like yeah, Aussie but, yeah, they NRL met, They met him outside the, uh, the coffee shop. Yeah, really? Toady was just like, hey, Batista, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they were get, like getting pictures of his autograph. It was great. See how far he's come. Now he's starring in Final Score. It's all worked out for the big day. Yeah, Dave's a top well. blow, really, isn't he? he? He's been a bit of neighbours. He was all right in WWE. He kind of exceeded everyone's expectations with his in-ring ability. He was a great character at times. He had that great last run where he kept wearing pink polo shirts and ridiculous sunglasses and hamming it up. He had a hilarious comeback with the Bautista stuff. He loves a bit of MMA. He loves a bit of Australian soap opera. And he loves doing a die-hard tribute and appearing in Blade Runner 2049. Uh, what a man. I'd love to have yeah. him on the Easter. And if you, believe the rumors, he's got a, if you believe the rumours, he's got a massive cock as well. So, you know, good man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. That's well, Melina could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, though, isn't it rumoured... And I'm bringing it back around onto wrestling. It is one of the things that's rumoured is um, obviously WWE wanted to do a match between him and Triple H for Mania this mm. year. But Triple H isn't going to be it. But there's AEW interest? I don't see why they wouldn't be interested. It's the type of thing I'd do if I was booking a I always say oh, yeah. booking a fresh promotion on EWR. The first free agents I go for is Steve Austin as commissioner. Big Dave as my main <laughs> eventer. You've got to sign up Goldberg. It does feel like uh, they're doing the same thing. It is basically... 
for the Khans playing with Monopoly money. They've they've been teasing on uh, being the elite, haven't they? A couple of couple of times where the cameras kind of stopped dead on a poster of Brock Lesnar. Uh, there was they were standing outside. A, was it a Goldberg restaurant or something on this week's episode? Batista's not a not a far cry from that. Um, although maybe they did splurge all the money on Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps Dave can come in and squash Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> Uh, what do you make of all that Havoc getting signed? That's a, uh, that's a story. Um, I think absolutely fair play to him. It's uh, like good on him for managing to get that sort of deal and that sort of contract. Mm. Um, I still think if he kind of is working in a storyline that's got a focus um, and he can be that character that we all know he can be, then I think there's you know possibly something there. I'd almost maybe give him a storyline and let him fill in the gaps, let him book parts of it potentially, mm. um, because I think that's how he probably works best. It might take some of the load of some of the other guys as well and show that they're willing to work with some of the talent that they know can maybe book some of their own stuff. So I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. It adds a bit of variety to the um, promotion as well. And I think variety is something that they're really looking to kind of um, – to give us because mm. WWE as much as there are a lot of diverse wrestlers there mm. the style is very samey I, I want a WCW where you get weird matches like I don't know Finley versus Uventu Guerrera on, <laughs> on a Nitro or Super Callow versus William Regal again you know yeah. just weird styles mismatches that kind of work in their own mm. weird way and mm. yeah I think um, all elite are really ticking the boxes when it comes to providing variety and Havoc's just another uh, person to give them that variety. I'm sure they've got all sorts of stuff planned with Joey Janela. That was that's the kind yeah. of feud that would make seems sense. seems the obvious one, doesn't Hang it? To go page with. as well. I could see him doing with Havoc at some point as well. I can't see him being kind of a major star there. Yeah, but I think he's someone that can have interesting. St- if, if they let him, I think he can be involved in interesting storylines. And it's kind of what he needs. He needs something fresh. He probably needs to get away from the UK for a bit as well, if you ask me. Mm. Uh, and yeah, good luck to the bloke. I hope it works out for him. I think it's a lot of it's like it's almost less less if they let him, more if they rein him in. Because he's not going to be, you know, the Jimmy Havoc we slag off on this show is the Jimmy Havoc who's, you know, I'm going to have another beer. And he's ironic post-Jimmy Havoc, isn't he? Whereas on like a mm. proper TV show, on a national show, you'd think he's going to be a bit more reined in, don't you think, JP? Doing more like storyline yeah. stuff like what he's been doing at mlw really well um you know they, they've got a good handle on on the character he takes it a lot more seriously the the, the video packages that they do with him are, are really good if it's more like that i could see it working uh even if it did come a, a little bit out of a left field for me well i watched the double or nothing video, um video on youtube which had the promo package that they'd set up and Christopher Daniels talking about him afterwards and there was some I know it's obviously a, a work but there were some interesting comments about saying trying to get deeper into the character and I think that's obviously the way they have to go um, it's it's if they're coming out of the gates and they want to try and make an impression he's a good guy to be able to do that and like I say I agree with Joe and I imagine yourself that you put him with Janela I think you can get some really interesting stuff out of that if you mm. like they'll be allowed to kind of cut their own promos and, and there is a value in that and how he's been in how he's been presented and mm. I think one of the things and it ties in with something that certainly saw this week was the progress documentary mm. on the um, Havoc and Osprey feud and the I way they went in to see that how is it or have I oh have you not no no right it's excellent 
Um, I'll let, I won't talk too much about it because you two are going to see it, but there's, it's that version of Havoc. You just feel incredibly nostalgic because it covers that run really well. They say some really interesting comics. I'd be interested to hear what you both think about this when you get a chance to see it. It's well worth going anyway to see. But what I was reminded of is how good Jimmy Havoc could be and him explaining his thinking behind the storyline and, and way the directions they had to go in and when there were outside pressures in terms of contracts or where they could go and where they couldn't go. And I think if you like you've, you've both said, if you kind of rein him in, don't go down to just sort of the basic deathmatch route, give him a reason for being in that company in terms of a storyline, let him have a say in it. There's, there's value in that. Uh, is he top of the card? No, but I mean, they need to flesh out that mid card. But perhaps Hangman Page or someone could be his Osprey, potentially. Mm. I don't know. I think they've got bigger plans for yeah, Hangman no, Page. Yeah. Well. But yeah. getting someone over, establishing him a little bit, sort of a younger guy who he can sort of be seen to be trying to, you know, get the better of and humiliate and stuff. Could see MJF. Yeah, I think that, that MJF's the right pick. He's the type of guy, because I think we're talking heavily, aren't we, about Jimmy Havoc, the character. I can't say, mm. being honest, that I'm even selling myself on wanting to see the matches. Maybe I'm just, I don't know, I've seen enough Jimmy Havoc matches to, to last a lifetime. Um, I don't know. I think he's going to be good in like talk, in, in being the elite tag segments and, yeah, you know, character stuff. Uh, big matches on pay-per-views, though. I don't know, unless, once you get past the initial death match with Janela, that's where I think Jimmy Havoc's biggest shortcoming is um mm. i don't know but you know but maybe if yeah if they, if, they, if they get that right then out the gate then it can work i've found that a lot of his uh, sort of recent big matches though have been i mean in terms of the length of time that they've been given it's almost like too much i wonder whether or not giving him 10 minutes and him being able to con- try and construct something within that would actually be a kind of restriction that might work out to his benefit mm. as opposed to 45 minutes where you know, there is going to be a degree of self-indulgence that takes place. What do you make of the other uh, All Elite stuff? I mean, you, meant, you both mentioned you watched the uh, mm. the, the ticket announcements, uh, Kenny Omega coming out, big surprise. Um, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's like, that <laughs> is, it, I, I saw everyone kind of saying, ah, there was no real big moments on it, that, that, you know, like the Jericho moments, because we all knew Kenny Omega was going there. I mean, it, as much as he tried to work the sheets, and he has talked... You know, post the appearance that he did give WWE serious consideration and he did give, I believe him when he says he, he gave New Japan serious consideration, i.e. that being his, his A job and AEW being his B job. But yeah, he's gone all in, has with AEW and he's got, it's got, that's going to be where he's going to spend the majority of his time. But yeah, not, not, the, not the biggest surprise in the world, but definitely, you know, I'm glad that it's happened. I think it, it I think if Omega had signed for WWE, if, if there even was a possibility, or if he wasn't going full-time with AEW, I think it would have been a hit to, to what they're trying to put together. I'm really excited for the AEW stuff, if I'm honest with you. It seems like it's really fresh. It's really quite interesting. Mm. I think the moves they're making are the right moves. I think there's a lot to get excited about. There's a lot to look forward to sort of on the horizon, really. Mm. And I think Omega just kind of, tops that off if anything we all knew it was going to happen didn't we really okay mm. but at the same time seeing him and jericho lock it up again i'm absolutely fine with that um i was amazed new japan never actually went back to the match really mm. uh, but i suppose about he was booked in other things as well i think that's a great first match to kind of main event that first mm. show as well if anything there's a history there it's amazing, though, because it just feels like New Japan's international expansion has been kind of co-opted by 
AEW at this point. Yeah. They've what New Japan mm. was using for their international expansion, and they've just kind of moved it sideways. And it's now what AEW has kind of like kind of formed into. It's really, kind of New Japan US, isn't it? It's what what like if you, if you compare mm. like I mean not everything on you know what they that, that looks like it's going to happen on this show is for me but if you compare what we already know about double or nothing you know the lucha brothers being there against the young bucks um, you know the other the likes of you know MJF that you've got on the undercard it looks interesting you know bringing in the guys from China as well compare that to the new Japan and the US cards the other week I mean I know I know that the, the big problem there was that they couldn't get the the Japanese talent that they wanted but the US talent that they had available to them wasn't really really setting the world on fire i mean they've just they released their um, yeah was it yesterday or today those uh the the honor rising cards and you've got matt taven and his two mates vinnie marsegula and whatever yeah. the other guy is called in a main event six man against tanahashi okada and jay lethal and it's just like <laughs> as far as like yeah. us guys that the 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 new japan have got access to now the, the guys that they've got aren't really the hot guys and, and the Ring of Honor talent that they can bring in if they carry on this Ring of Honor relationship doesn't really excite too much, does it? I think you're exactly right. that All Elite have kind of co-opted what the, the US movement for, for New Japan probably was going to be this year. At, at some point, there's going to have to be a serious conversation about what value do they get out of Ring of Honor and can they not get the same if not more value of being involved with AEW and possibly having a platform on cable television through a TNT or whatever it ends up being mm. surely that is much more valuable for them to be able to do and cooperation really for a lot of these companies is kind of the crucial element for all of this working at various points we've seen with AEW with the OWE group Shima's group out in China and the uh, and AAA which good luck with that <laughs> I've seen enough AAA. I've seen a lot of shit AAA as well. Might be Jeff Jarrett's route in if WWE. Oh, you're going to get Vampiro in as commentator as well. Oh, I hope not. No. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of that type of Matt Striker, that yeah. type of oh, shit. Ah, no. I I it's not happening. Yeah. No, but terrible Pagano death matches. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not a big AAA fan, but I watch it almost out to spite myself. But I digress. So. <laughs> With this, cooperation is the cru- is the crucial element. And I don't see, after a while, other than Ring of Honor being able to pad out a card in case of an emergency mm. because Donald Trump is a fucking idiot and closes down the government for an extended period of time over a wall that he ended up cl- caving in on anyway. I digress again. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I've I said enough. T.K. O'Ryan. I saw mm, uh, That's like, his name. Just... <laughs> to me, Ring of Honor have tried to kind of send a message by getting these new guys in this year and making a kind of um, and well, and investing in like the likes of Juice Robinson and Dave Finley as well. And you look at these cards and you think, nope, same old boring Ring of Honor, same old stale boring Ring of Honor, okay. using the same guys who have been making me not want to watch the show or want to support them. For years, um, Jay Lethal, I saw in well, he's in that six man. I saw he had a singles match the next night. Will Ospreay against Dalton Castle, like come on, 
Dalton Castle, like, mm. give Osprey someone half decent, please. It's just the same boring guys that Delirious yeah. seems to really like for whatever reason, over and over Ooh, again. So Where, where's, why is Bandido not on this card? Why is Mark Haskins? Where, where's he? I thought they've signed these guys. Well, they had Mark Haskins, Bandido have a match on their Ring of Honor yeah, TV. That's that. apparently amazing, but, they're but yeah. On, they're not on these Japanese cards. I is PCO on the cards? I didn't see his name on any of the cards. I didn't mm. see Brody King on the card. Wasn't the reason that Brody King signed with Ring of Honor? Because he yes. saw it as a route into New Japan. Like, these cards are lazy, really, really lazy. Just, I've absolutely no interest in either of them, to be honest with you. Um, I'm surprised I just they, haven't, think, like, they haven't even brought in the Beer City Bruiser. I mean, if you're going to bring in your yeah, uh, cards, don't, you're going to do a lazy Ring of Honor card. I mean, at least, he, at least he got over last year. Like, him and Flip Gordon were the only two it felt like got over on the tour last year. Uh, well, signed the other bloke with him, haven't they? They signed the, the other bounce, the bouncer, his tag team. <laughs> that ring of honor summed up in 2019. Well, I was going to say, we spoke about last time about you two being and the reactions you, you had to, uh, Daniel, to Brian Danielson and Nigel McGuinness. Well, that's it. What is Ring of Honor exactly? Because it's not a work rate company. It's not a company with great storylines. It just appears to be something that's considered to be cheap content mm-hmm. for a comedy evil corporation to kind of put on local affiliates that's never really going to generate any type of buzz they're they're kind of spending some money now but they haven't done stuff in terms of marketing it or thinking or having a really long hard look at it and we've moaned about ring of honor a few times it's something that doesn't happen often enough in the kind of bubble that we we exist in it's 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 like like it's gone, oh, well, they're Ring of Honor. And it's like, we should be expecting expecting better. We expect better of progress. I don't mm. know why people don't expect better of, out of Ring of Honor. Well, Delirious should have gone years ago. Yeah. I, I, he's been there a long time now, and it's never been that good under him. The best thing about Ring of Honor for years was the elite who got themselves over and then ran with it, and then Pell Connors started up their own company <laughs> as a result of Ring of Honor not probably wanting to yeah. expand to some degree, I imagine. Ring of Honor even own the footage to like all in, don't they? They own the original because they because the, the the elite guys basically conned Ring of Honor into not funding but in <laughs> part funding, but also producing and putting yeah. that but that, that entire show together, which is why they weirdly ended up with the rights, and they've almost they've used New Japan and they've used Ring of Honor to get themselves in this position now. Yeah, they have. They used Ring of yeah, like they used both of them ultimately to make a television pilot. For them to shop around to executives, which they've done very well, yeah. and they found, you know, uh, I wouldn't call him a money mark here or anything like this, but they've managed to find a son of a multi-billionaire who's a wrestling observer subscriber. Tone knows what he's talking about. Give him, give, give him some credit there, mate. No, 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 he does. Yeah, I don't he's doubt that. Mark. If he's a money mark, Fulham fans would strongly disagree. There seems to be vehement hatred. Oh yeah, of him I've there. seen, yeah. I've seen. Yeah, I'm surprised that's not made the mainstream press yet. Actually, I've not heard that sort of spoken about anywhere on any sort of mainstream football publication, really. But let, let's watch this space because I'm sure that's going to come up soon. I did look actually because um, obviously double or nothing's May 25th, and I was thinking there's no uh, summer tournament this year, so the season will finish later. Does the, is the Premier League season finished by May 25th? Like, oh, yeah. I thought, yeah, yeah. Well, that'll probably be FA Cup weekend. Yeah, it has. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just thinking, if the last game of the season of Fulham are in some sort of relegation sort of... <laughs> they probably will be. Game, yeah, and, well, I think they'll be down before the end of the season. And Tones they, in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
It would be interesting, but yeah, no, nah, not not going on. Um, we'll have to keep an I, eye on those forums. I think the uh, the Fulham fan forum. See if there's any fume. Yeah, absolutely. But would they not be pumped with having the money that they could have perhaps spent to stay up this year, being used to parade Brock Lesnar at Craven Cottage for the start <laughs> of the championship season next year? Well, Michael Jackson was paraded at Craven Cottage once, wasn't he? Made so... a statue there. Which yeah, is only recently gone. Yeah. So Mohammed Al Fayed, Michael Jackson. Let's get Tony Khan and Kenny Omega down to, or Chris Jericho. Yeah. He'd get a reaction if he went down to Craven Cottage. You could do a whole show. They could go full Norwich and do a show there because that's like that's the other thing. This week there was rumor, wasn't there, of the like the all elite plan that they were going to have big shows run until around October when they'd start mm. doing TV. And one of the rumored dates was uh, the Royal Albert Hall, which I think a few people have debunked. Uh, with it, mm. is it the proms that's going on? It's uh, the the prom, like so. It's an all summer event. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But you know, instead of running there, they, it, it could be they could they could run Craven Cottage and get a a few thousand in there. You could maybe cheer up some Fulham fans. Uh, or easy, easy to get to. Nice. <laughs> it could work. But with Shahid Khan's links to Wembley as well and all the NFL stuff, mm. I'd have thought they'd have probably run Wembley Arena. Possibly, it seems like a much better choice yeah. for. For a show, I think Royal Albert Hall is a really overrated venue, and it's not very big. They could definitely get way more in for a first show over here than the, the capacity of the Royal Albert Hall easily. That's it. The other thing that kind of put me off about that rumor was that it was. I mean, it might be true, but it would have been the same month as the New Japan Copper Box show as well. Maybe they're doing <laughs> that on purpose. I did notice since the rumors came out, New Japan rushed out with announcements about tickets for that. Uh, although yes. they, they, they didn't they say there's going to be news, but it's coming out at 3 a.m. tonight, uh, which is great, you know, for UK fans. Uh, well done, New <laughs> Japan. Uh, but that makes me—I don't know whether it makes me doubt it being then or not, or makes me wonder about the motivation of uh, doing it around the same time that New Japan come out because they are essentially fighting for the same audience now, aren't they? Well, they are, aren't they? Although, again, trying to read the tea leaves of all of this, there appear to be these kind of very weird, loose connections between the companies that are still existing. So it's not uh, the impression I got from listening to the Kenny Omega interview with with Dave. Meltzer is a lot of the New Japan stuff just felt like part of the work, part of the greater work of like slightly downplaying. I was much more enthusiastic about signing with WWE, and it's like, where are you fuck, lad? That's not happening. <laughs> that was that was never happening. That wasn't that. At one point, I thought it was, and it's like, well, no, clearly not. Um, but it, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Well, point. they've Sorry. got two. They've got two Tokyo domes to fill next year. Yeah, two dates of a Tokyo dome. Yeah, um, Omega Ibushi's got to be on one of those shows. Yes. I'm sure of it. And you know, if Omega takes a year out from the promotion, and that's a return. I think that's going to sell and that's going to draw. I think he'll be back before that. I hope he's back before mm. that. I really, really do hope he's back before that because there's a big gap in New Japan right now, and I think the New Japan roster <laughs> is actually quite thin and not very inspired at the moment um joe are, and... you, are you alluding to the fact that you're not excited for for jay white and kota ibushi or <laughs> yeah <laughs> well ibushi floats my boat in uh, in just about the floatiest of boat ways what, 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 what <laughs> i just need to stop that was very alan palmtree wasn't it as was that. Um, yeah, no, Ibushi certainly floats the old boat. But, um, Jay, fucking like, <laughs> seriously. Like, on it, ah. Oh, IWGP uh, champion Jay White. Portsmouth's oh, own Jay White. That, just, the, I can feel the anger brewing inside me. 
Just imagine that video playing with like, is it Champion 69 Jay White at the end? Oh my God. I was watching that video when I was watching the match last night. I was thinking, God, this is a great video. Some proper, yeah. proper legends in here. Uh, and now we're going to see Jay White up there with some of the absolute greats. Like, I'm not going to deny that Jay White is a good wrestler and will probably be excellent. He's, he's one better than day. the credit we gave, gave him during the G1, isn't he? He's definitely improved, if not to like this level completely and the manner of the way he's booked has, has changed as well obviously he was built of that for a purpose but fuck me like you're going into that madison square garden show with jay white as champion like that's ridiculous you've already fucked off that american audience in like the worst way yeah i know the show's sold out but at the same time you've you've, you've basically said you were going to do a carter omega you're going to do the greatest match of all time at Madison Square Garden again, and you've replaced that with Jay fucking White. So you've gone from the all-time greatest match ever to some people to Jay White. Like, <laughs> let's apply some logic here. Let's try and think about the American situation and how running Long Beach too many times and not doing the most exciting card there the last time led to them not selling out Long Beach. Like, are they trying to run people off in a year where their opposition at AEW are going to get a lot of that fan base on board? And if they're running shows in the same month, the AEW stuff looks far more attractive than the New Japan stuff does when they come over here. Because you can probably rely on AEW a little bit more than you can New Japan. Because I don't think New Japan necessarily understand the American market. If they were really wanting to go into the American market and say, right, AEW are around as well, but we're going to go all guns blazing, they'd have gone, you know what, let's leave it on Tanahashi for the garden. Let's have Tanahashi Okada. Or let's have Ibushi win the New Japan Cup and do a rematch of the G1 final. Do Tanahashi Ibushi. And have people at Madison Square Garden losing their proverbial shit. Have them stealing the WrestleMania weekend away from WWE. Stealing the WrestleMania weekend from under their feet in the venue that's the WWE's core venue. The site of Bruno San Martino's 48 sellouts in a row or whatever it is. No, not going to happen now, is it? Because you put Jay fucking White in the main event. <laughs> All of this shite I'm seeing about, like, well, he's better than Omega, but I don't need him. Come on. Let's, let's get some perspective on this. <laughs> fucking reality check. Seriously, I'm fed up of hearing this stuff about how great Jay White is. What are people watching? Seriously. What are people watching? This is one of the biggest downgrades in talent I've ever known. Every time you've had someone leave, so Prince Devitt left. Oh, but here's an upgrade of AJ Styles, right? AJ Styles leaves. Let's push Kenny Omega to the moon. Another upgrade. Jay White. Like, <laughs> what are they up to? For years, this international expansion has almost been happening without them even realising it. As soon as they try to expand internationally, they go, oh, let's just throw Jay White in there instead of Omega. Like, this is some of those regressive shit. I've, I've ever known of. I think of like Arsenal. You look at Arsenal's mm. defence for years. David O'Leary, followed by Tony Adams, Keown, Steve Bold, Sol Campbell. Hey, let's get Pascal Seagull Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Uh, let, let's get Philippe Senderos in. Jay White is the Philippe <laughs> Senderos. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like, what a shite replacement he was. I mean, Arsenal fell apart. Ghetto is in danger of becoming Arsene Wenger here. He reinvented <laughs> the wheel. 
he was great for a number mm. of years. And I'm starting to feel like there's a little bit of maybe complacency coming in here now because we're seeing it with this MSG show and the main event that they're going to present at that show because Jay White in that main event is weak. Jay White was in Guildford a month ago in front of 300 people against Chris Ridgway in a fine match. 300 people in fucking Guildford. And now he's going to go... It wasn't even the main event. And now he's going to go and headline at Madison Square Garden. Let's get a reality check and stop lying to ourselves that Jay White is some amazing wrestler who's been sent from the gods to us to replace the overrated Kenny Omega who spams V-triggers. Crime of the century. They work really well in the matches. His matches are intense. There's a flow to them. There's a great structure to them. Instead, we're going to have to watch a Jay White fucking beat down in New York and him try and slag off the crowd in the most awkward kind of unnatural way possible but hey Jay White's amazing so let's just stick with that oh. <laughs> I mean I, I think uh, even the people though who who are probably glad that the elite are gone who are glad that, that they're out in mm. Japan and that the, the influence of the maybe US guys wasn't you know, for every New Japan fan, I definitely saw those complaints. I think even a lot of those people though were like, "Right, but we didn't want you to replace him with Jay White." I mean, I, I like—I'll be honest, I, I definitely like Jay White more than it sounds like you do, Joe. I rate him a, a bit more. I still don't rate him as a main event. I rate him as a solid mid-card, upper mid-card act who, you know, does his match with Tanahashi. You know, that was a four and a bit star mm. match. It was nowhere near Tanahashi's top level. It was a. It was Tanahashi, you know, Tanahashi can do that match in his sleep. And Jay White, you know, kept up for his part. But he just, you know, at this level, like, yeah, to go with him as the as the guy. I know they're trying to, I mean, that's your point, isn't it, JP? They're trying to, they're trying to do Okada again. And maybe yeah. there were people, I mean, I suppose the West wasn't paying a huge amount of attention then when they went with Okada, but mainly maybe there were people saying similar things about, about Okada uh, and putting him in that position. But... I mean, that was a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and Okada's a once-in-a-lifetime talent. I-, I don't know if you can make that same argument for Jay White. I don't know if you've got a, a rebuttal uh, to that, JP. I, I kind of do, and I, I, to a certain extent, I think I'm probably playing slightly more devil's advocate because my own personal opinion is this was always going to happen. Ultimately, it's happening a year, a year too soon. That would be <laughs> possibly the overall point. This is a You give him a year establishing the character establishing and we were talking about this before we we were speaking to you tonight but about mm. in terms of different feelings for it it's it's a difficult one to bring up i suppose what a slightly contrary point on there as well it it wasn't i didn't think that main event was booked in a way that was designed to be the kind of epic match and unfortunately whether they like it or not that is the reputation effectively for IWG title matches and in particular IWGP title changes mm. that there is this kind of big event to it and I wasn't convinced by the crowd at the end of the reaction was there was reaction to it but having seen some of those kind of amazing moments and Joe brought up one of the ones that we watched I think in a car park in Manchester on my phone <laughs> yeah. um, uh, before the before the progress show you know that was that still like kind of felt like a really big big time New Japan main event I get why they're doing it. It makes sense. He's effectively, he's their guy because he's come through their, their system. He doesn't, having heard the really good interview with him, with um, Chris Jericho, he did, he seemed like someone for whom WWE certainly at this point in time is, is not a priority. Mm. Um, so you can kind of feel like you can go with him a bit in this match. I wonder whether or not 
the chemistry with him and Tanahashi might be something that I have a slight issue with, where Tanahashi's his major strength for me at times is selling, mm. and Jay White ends up falling into the kind of dominant Jay White rut. Whereas I think with Okada, you can have a much more athletic match that kind of is away from those types of tropes. And I think the problem is with Tanahashi, when he did that, I was like, I was having flashbacks to watching the G, early G1, where I'd be thinking, I want this to be better than what it is, and it isn't better than, than what it is. And so for me, as a title change, that's kind of where the disappointment was. Um, their track record, though, ultimately, and you mentioned some of the names of the main event pushes they've done, of which they were kind of serious doubts over a lot of them. Um, whether they, the uh, Debit before he left, obviously AJ, obviously Kenny as well, they've worked. One of the things I'm we're going to probably talk about in a bit, I'm really excited about Kota Bush, Bushi signing a contract, actually doing something substantial without the, the shadow of Kenny Omega is really exciting. There's so many fresh, proper feuds he can be in without being part of the elite stuff. And so I think there's that added into the mix. I imagine as a as a British wrestling fan primarily, not seeing Osprey in that Jay White position is something that kind of feels a little bit disappointing with it. But we're in this situation where he's probably going to be in the main event at Madison Square Garden. It's likely to be against a Carter, possibly Ibushi. And possibly he's Naito and well. possibly Naito. We could end up with a main event, which has him being, because of this kind of emotion, um, him being booed out of the building by a sold-out MSG, Akada going in and winning and kind of having this kind of electric buzz. And considering Akada is, has been, that's been his best match to date, was that Tokyo Dome match, and giving a bit more time, which is one of the criticisms I had about the card, given a bit more time, I think they could deliver something that's amazing, but at MSG, they're going to have to stack that fucking card, give Ibushi a really good, high-profile, one-on-one, serious single match, maybe a rematch against Tanner. Why not? Yeah, I think you make a good point about, yeah, the whole heat side of it. That mm. could possibly work. Not going to deny that. I think what they're taking for granted here, though, is that US audience want uh, the New Japan match. They want a hot New Japan match. Mm. Not with that strict hill face dynamic. They want the Omega Ricardo. They want the yeah. Ibushi Tanahashi. And that's what they're not getting again. And I think that's the issue. I think they could have held the Jay White um, title change off a little bit. Mm. Uh, even if they do it later in the year, potentially. Do it just before the G1, maybe. I think they should have gone with the hot, hot match. Given them that match over a WrestleMania weekend... I'm not going to deny that this could be a heated match. It could be a quite an emotional match to some degree as well. But at the same time, yeah, I just think I just wish they'd serve that American audience when they go over. And I've got no faith in the rest of the card. They don't book deep cards when they come over, really. Aside from that mm. first G1 special over that tournament, the cards that have come back over have not been deep. Ring of Honor, I don't trust them on any level to put anything half-decent on the card. I think I was speaking to someone the other day, and they were telling me that Ring of Honor are going to book Jay Lethal versus Kenny King for the Ring of Honor title on this show, from what they've heard. <laughs> so, And they know people in the company. So that tells me kind of everything you need to know about are they taking the pits <laughs> yeah. is that serious uh, yeah apparently so yeah this is the kind of show we're probably going to get Fucking hell. and i just think if if you know i'm maybe speculating too much but 
it feels like it could be a, a show that really sort of misunderstands the audience and just assumes they're going to be hot because it's WrestleMania weekend and it's mm. sold out. I think it misunderst- misunderstands why people bought those tickets as well. People bought those tickets in a lot of cases for the elite, didn't they? I mean, I know nothing was announced, but that's that's what's filling that place. That's what's filling Madison Square Garden. And yeah, I do think Jay White is going to become like I think this year. I mean, I like the match. I like the Tanahashi match. I thought I kind of you mentioned like the you know a lot of the match was selling and a lot of it was from Tanahashi and. He kind of got a bit of a run together, and then the Jay White run out of one out of nowhere. I kind of enjoyed that booking. Jay White almost, like you mentioned, JP, they didn't go to the big near fall stuff. It was almost like mm. Jay White was kind of trolling, and it, it, it kind of it went with what that heel character is. But I think long term, if you're going to be doing those kind of shenanigans and the kind of shenanigans that we saw in the G1, and you're going with a with a heel champion, you mentioned Jay Lethal there, Joe. I think Jay White feels like. Like Jay Lethal is kind of the poster boy for that leveled out kind of bland ring of honor pro- uh, like kind of product. I can see Jay White being essentially the poster boy for when New Japan was, you know, it was hot for a, for a few years and then it kind of leveled out and everyone's interest kind of, at least in the West, kind of went away. Uh, I, I really do see Jay White as being, as unfortunately being that guy just because, as you've both said, it just feels way too early. Yeah, he's the representation of Ghetto Venga, maybe, to some extent. <laughs> Let's see if it happens. I hope it doesn't. Like, I, uh, Let me just make a point. So, Tanahashi, Akada, Omega, Naito, Chris Jericho, Kota Ibushi, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Ishii, Minoru Suzuki, Nagata, Zack Sabre Jr., Honma, Will Ospreay, Shibata, Prince Devitt, Marafuji, Nakajima, when they were in those G1s. Jay White. Yeah. How does that sound? Yeah? Does that paint a picture? Yeah. Every single one of those people excites me. Jay White. It is just so unexciting. <laughs> so unexciting. Like, he's I think- not bad. I don't think he's bad. And I thought the match was good. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was good. Uh, but Jay White, uh, amongst that pack. Like... <laughs> It's like they've, they've, they've broken glass in emergency. They, they, they know they haven't got an Omega. I think Omega outright told Melter, didn't he, that he was supposed to be losing the belt uh, at Madison Square Garden against... I can't remember who he said he was going to be facing. Akada. Akada, yeah, yeah. Like, like we but said earlier. Out- SG. Exactly, yeah. That could have been. But instead, they're literally going to go with budget Kenny Omega, budget school shooter Jay White, and they're going to just try and... I think they think that that would appease the Western audience, and yeah, as you said, I think that's gonna they're gonna get a they're gonna get a rude wake up call. I think by by thinking that yeah, well, that Jay White is is that guy. Well, thank God they can't sign Billy Gunn because he's signed to AEW now, so they can't <laughs> bring bring him in to rescue the MSG card uh, for you, Joe. It just feels like they've recast a role after like a hot actor or an actor who is notable for a part has left like a TV show or is Pauline left- Fowler. They never recast her. They recast Martin Fowler. Oh, yes, they yeah. did. Um, but it just feels like a poor, poor job man. of recasting an actor. You're talking about Michelle Fowler. Michelle Fowler, Fowler that's yeah, what it was, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and, like, Kenny Omega for Jay White. Like, I, w- I don't love the elite stuff. I love Omega. I think Omega's incredible, and I think he's... Uh, the story of Omega getting that title was something I was completely invested in and the matches are always going to be great. He's always going to deliver. 
And now we've got had Kenny Omega recast with Jay White. Like this is, yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, if I'm not watching New Japan regularly by the end of the year, don't be surprised at this point because as much as I think he's going to improve, I can't see him improving to the level of any of those wrestlers that I just listed off there. Maybe Prince Devitt because he's gone down in a big way. But uh, I like him better. Come on. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> um, before we move on then uh, we suppose we've touched on a load of international stuff there any other international stuff you've been watching I've been I watched a little bit of Impact I enjoyed the the Lucha Brothers and LAX match they had a rematch from the last uh, the match at the homecoming pay-per-view uh, fun I don't know if either of you have been keeping up with Impact at all it wasn't as good as the the pay-per-view match there was a couple of botches yeah. in it the finish went wrong as well there was a point where uh, I think they did like a double stomp uh, package pile driver with Phoenix getting a dive to the outside and he came back up to go to the top rope to pin the man that he, he just package pile drives I think there was a miscommunication and Pentagon just pinned him and Phoenix was just stood there on the top rope just having to watch it happen um, <laughs> it was a good match but and they are the best part of, of Impact and I'm glad they're going to AEW but yeah nothing that I'd, I'd tell people to, to maybe run out of the way to see so I've been watching that watched a little bit of MLW as well which uh, I believe both of you guys have uh, been keeping up with too Mm. I watched the awkward as fuck uh, Phoenix and Pentagon oh, the Foundation. Yeah, match. that was interesting. I was thinking oh. when you were describing that CCK match, it sounds like there were two like disappointing Lucha Brother matches within a week. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, unlike them as well. Uh, LAX, no, no, said CCK, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, th- th- that is oh, generally God, the case. <laughs> it's like yeah, you don't expect that from them. Uh, but yeah, that that thing on on MLW. I mean, I enjoyed. The, uh, the Doomsday Canadian Destroyer. That's like, oh, for me, <laughs> that's going to be spot of the year. I don't see that being top. Teddy Hart, still a nutter. But yeah, that match just fell apart, didn't it? It was just a complete... It was a mess. It was like uh, Harry Smith just got a bit carried away and looked like he was trying to shoot on Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. it was quite bizarre, wasn't it? It was kind of obvious at various points. He always comes across the right wanker, does Harry Smith. Something yeah. about him. Did you see what Green Lantern fan said about it? Have you, have you know, have you, do you know the Green Lantern fan is half right in the Observer now, by the way? Well, Dave oh Meltzer, yeah. While Dave Meltzer's yeah. yeah, while Dave Meltzer's yeah. fingers, yeah, yeah, it's while, isn't it? <laughs> while Meltzer's fingers uh, recuperating, and uh, I think they're just literally the Observer now. It's just recaps of the audio shows, isn't it? And he was saying, "I'm sure, I'm certain this was an insight from him because there was, he's 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 well in with Teddy and that, isn't he? Uh, there was definitely a point where when I used to travel out for Ring of Honor, I remember once I was supposed to be staying at his house and he binned me off so they could have Teddy Hart and Jack Evans stay with him instead. Unbelievable. I've never let that go. <laughs> uh, but he mentioned in the Observer something about how uh, Phoenix have been and Pentagon have been told not to do any double stomps because they're Loki's move and Loki's in the main event and then they started doing them anyway. So that's why Harry Smith went for them. I bet you that's where that scoop came from. Well, Harry Smith protecting the honour of Loki. That's something I didn't expect to say. Well, he's got to carry on with the uh, Billy Robinson style, uh, no. proper worker sort of stuff, hasn't he? Because he proper looks up to him, doesn't he? So, he should yeah. have all the tools to be like, and he's got the name as well to be this star in terms of the height and the look and, you know, the things he's trained in. But ultimately, I'm, I just, there is no presence, he's charisma. Like, I think he's one of the great, underachievers in yeah. terms of not being able to put it together really because I remember seeing him when he was like 19 and thinking oh this guy's going to be like a major guy yeah. in the future and it's just never happened when he signed for WWE along with was it TJ uh, was it Tyson Kidd Tyson Kidd um, 
when he signed along with him, you thought, oh yeah, he's going to really go on to, you know, do something. He's clearly the guy they're going to build up as British Bulldog Junior. And no, like I heard for he did a show in Banbury, not far from us. <laughs> Again, stories we heard about him. Dick. <laughs> he was um, charging fans pints to talk to him. You had to buy him a pint to be able to talk to him at a pub after the show. Yeah, Weatherspoons. Yeah. Maybe he learned that from his dad. Yeah. <laughs> He'd probably be doing other substances, wouldn't he, if he learned anything from his did, dad? Sorry. Did, I was going <laughs> to say with this show, did it feel like a disappointment to you? The MLW? Yeah. I wasn't like majorly excited for it. I was just sort of, um, they're not a company. I I like them. I like what they present. I think Mm -hmm. it's different. Um, But it wasn't something I was majorly looking forward to. So I don't really have any expectation. I was just sort of dipping in as something easy to watch. Um, So uh, not really. But like I say, it wasn't something I was expecting to be great or anything. I thought like Tom Tom Laura and Loki was disappointing, probably mainly because of the the amount of time that they had. Yeah. that was probably the main issue there, although it did feel like they just didn't gel as well as I, I thought they mm. would. I like them going with Tom Laurel as champion, but yeah, I share your thoughts there, JP, on that. I think the, the show itself was disappointing for me, but I think the TV since has been has been solid, so you know, hopefully they can uh, they can pull it out again. I will say, not having Tony Schiavone on it does. I like him coming back now, and I think he's he's got like a real announcer voice that that has worked for them, but. You put in Matt Stryker instead, and I'm like, yeah, Yeah. not not good. Talking to Shivani, Saturday night after final score, watched a bit of Goldberg versus Chronic from Halloween Habit 2000. (laughs) Oh, God. Shivani having to call his way through that one. You can tell the bloke's embarrassed at that point. (laughs) Is it that bad? It's hilarious. Just watching, just flicking through Halloween Habit 2000 was comedy gold like i just i couldn't believe what i was seeing at points no surprise that company died there were people i just didn't remember i didn't remember the wall changed his name to like mr a wall or something at one point Wait, uh, was this when he was in the uh, the misfits in action a one yes yeah, oh they did yeah, yeah. he's a wall huge erection and yeah. uh, major guns what oh, yeah. they were a great stable they, they weren't just trying to imitate dx yeah, and they're, they're, I'm trying to think of who else. They're Queewee, I'd forgotten about him. Mike Sanders, yeah, just... Lodi and Lenny? I didn't see them. Um, Ray Mysterio, and when he was in the Filthy Animals of Billy Kidman. Oh, yeah, God. it's just stuff that I just never think about, but it was, uh, yeah, in- interesting having a little look. Was that the year they had Master P? Uh, that might have been, when he was paid, like, th- three quarters of a million to appear on one episode of Nitro or yeah. something, yeah. yeah. Ma- yeah. Maskless Rey Mysterio just makes me think of No Limit Soldiers when him and Conan were hanging around with them trying to pretend they were part of the crew, which was literally just there to give Master P a payday, uh, make it really awkward when the commentators and the likes of Mean Gene had to pretend they knew who Master P was, and, it was just, <laughs> and they were just trying to... What was the big guy? Was it Swole, the guy with the big muscles? That was like that was his vehicle. That never worked out. That was a, a dark, de- dark uh, few months in uh, WCW history. Uh, it, 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 Mate, it's a dark few years in WCW. Very true, yeah. It was all downhill. For, I was just thinking that when you said that. I was onwards. thinking like that's when I thought Rey Mysterio was done, and here we are, twenty years later, and he's still killing it. Yeah, it 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 says a lot that he managed to get through. I mean, people sort of the mask bit seems to the filthy animals era and him not having a mask seems to have been sort of lost in the hours of time. And I really hope they go with a hair versus hair versus mask match at, at Mania with him and Andrade. They won't, or they'll do it and give it 10 minutes and it'll be the second match on the card because, 
you two and your love of Shane O'Mac will have to have an <laughs> opener against The Miz in some weird convoluted affair where he kills himself while simultaneously, you know, wrestling like he's fucking Ben well, Askren. Shane, Shane McMahon and The Miz and whatever they do is probably my most anticipated match of that weekend now that we're not getting a card or Omega or Omega Ibushi <laughs> or Tanahashi Okada, etc. So imagine you could get Suzuki versus Shane O'Mac. Yeah, I'd be more up for that than Jay White in the main event. <laughs> Just go all the way around cool. there, you know. Put him in the main event. Uh, him and Andrade, I'd be up for that uh, if they do the mask match. But and that's that's the kind of that's just tells you how nuts this year is that you're getting Rey Mysterio in prominent position in WWE and to circle back to MLW, you've got LA Park wrestling with Tony Schiavone commentary. I kind of love the uh, the retro feel of that. I think it really works for me. The uh, the WCW fan of me appreciates that these dudes are still around. Yeah, I really like MLW's approach as well with using the kind of Hispanic influence. I think that's a really good sort of gap in the market they're they're exploiting there as well. Mm. I do wonder for some for companies like say MLW and Impact with all elite, how long? How much longer are these companies going to go yeah. on for? MLW's uh, entire storyline, like I watched the last TV. MJF's talking about AEW. The Lucha Brothers literally did a segment to explain that they're not leaving and they are sticking around, even though they've signed with AEW. The commentators are all talking about AEW. Uh, it's mm. not a. I mean, MLW seem to do all right, but yeah, it's. I feel like they're going to get drowned out very soon by uh, by AEW. Well, you- you say that as well, and also with impact in terms of there was reports that the television did was it twenty thousand or twelve twelve thousand and about six to eight thousand on the Twitch stream. Oh, it's it's, uh, how is it? How is it a company at this point? And it's it's they're, they're putting together like genuinely some of the best matches or yeah. some of the best stuff that they've done in years as well. But no one's watching anymore. No one cares. Like it's like when people so I saw Sammy Callahan and um, the former Irish Airborne getting announced for uh, what are they called now? The um, OWE. Yeah, OVE. The uh, Ohio, OVE. Yeah. OVE. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, they got announced for Fight Club Pro's Dream Tag Team Invitational, and everyone's. I, I saw quite a few people having a go at Sammy Callahan. Ugh. And I was like, I wanted to reply and just be like, no, but the thing is, like, Sammy Callahan's been really good. But then I did a reality check, and you look at those impact numbers, no one's watching it. So I can't really get mad yeah. at people, because before this impact run, I didn't like Sammy Callahan either. Before the MLW run, where he's having crazy balls, brawls with the likes of LA Park, I didn't care about Sammy Callahan either. And if no one's watching it, then, yeah, it's probably understandable. It, it's at this point that I think there are promotions, you mentioned them, and, and obviously... Ring of Honor, if they didn't have the new Japan deal, would be in, I think, enormous trouble at that point in terms of the buzz that they, 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 you know, the idea of them working together and exchanging talent, doing anything to kind of try and at least make the live shows something to go for. Um, it's just that impact. This is what happens if you insist, for reasons best known to yourself, that Vince Russo has to be your head writer. And there is no other acceptable situation. So you'll lie to Spike TV. Because the moment they got kicked off that, they were fucked. And it just feels like they're paying the price for that. And we've mentioned WCW in the year 2000. The signs were there. It's like this is, he writes shit unless you get what he says, throw out possibly 95% keep it and lose whatever weird abortion incest angle he decides to chuck on it this week as well as a lot of a lot of racism just, sorry Ben. how did we get on to vince russo <laughs> i know i don't know any excuse sorry yeah. <laughs> like, you just 
Got with MLW and uh, Impact as well. Court Bauer, Don Callis, some of the other guys in sort of mm. creative, both companies getting jobs in AEW probably wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah. Um, they've got good minds. Look at what Callis has done the last year. Court Bauer's done some really impressive stuff with MLW. Don Callis can fill in a role on commentary as well. Like I think yeah. that them acquiring both companies mm. at some point wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing he's tony said he's not going to do that though he doesn't want to do it and buy yeah well let's let's just see what happens how much longer than they go on for i suppose is he going to yeah. inevitably wait till they both shut down because the gap in the market isn't going to be there for them because of what AEW is in the market mm. um should we talk a little bit of, of progress sure thing. yeah let's do it i wanted to mention this because uh, uh, gareth who runs the the grapple app at the in conjunction with Progress, had done a uh, top 10 uh, of the year for, for Progress over the last year. There hasn't been a show since we, we last recorded to talk about, but I, I kind of thought this would be a, an interesting thing to, to kind of put here and maybe to, to put, to, especially to you, Joe, I'm guessing you haven't seen this uh, this this list come out, the, uh, the top 10 Progress matches of 2018. Uh, I saw it out there, but I didn't look at it. Okay, fair enough. It's in a, it's I a saw like a video on the progress on demand, but didn't have a look. No, but it's an interesting list. Um, yeah, they put it out there. You can watch the the video on YouTube, and I uh, believe the list is out there as well. Or you can just download Grappling and check out the ratings too. So I suppose I'll put this to you, Joe. What would you guess was the the top progress match for for twenty eighteen? Oh, uh, Walter Tyler Bay. What else? No, it was actually much further down than that. Walter Tyler Bate was actually seventh. Jesus. If not that, any guesses? Um, let's have a think. God, what happened in progress last year? <laughs> um, a surprising amount of very good matches. I would well, say didn't we? Yeah, I'm trying to trying to rack my brain. Um, Walter Zack Saber Jr. Nope, that's in there. A couple of those matches are in there. That's third. Uh, and the other Walter Zack Sabre Jr. match from the US tour, which I'd not heard any talk about until I recorded the, uh, the Progress Union review with Suit Williams, which you should be able to find on PW Ponderance this week, that that match has even existed. Uh, honestly, that slipped my radar. No, the, the number one. And it, it might make sense to you, Joe, but I don't think you... I, I, in fact, I know you wouldn't put it there. Was Walter and Tim Thatcher. Um, from ah, okay. that one that it okay. did it did an average of 4.73 stars 146 votes to be honest it was the only match from progress in the last i can i mean i liked a lot of the higher matches but it was the one for me that like i mentioned on our last show cracked my voice as a wrestling top 10 for the year okay. and yeah it did seem to get a lot of talk that was first and mm. cckalax from the new york show was second and then mm-hmm. yeah walter zack saber was third uh any surprises for you there jp no, not really. I mean, I'm, I, I would, I would have obviously had Walter Tyler Bate up there a lot more, and given the the kind of importance of the occasion as well and the crowd reaction, um, you know, that would have that should have been up a lot higher. I, I, I'm kind of curious to see what the other ones are. I can't really disagree with any of those. Mm-hmm. I'm looking necessarily to disagree, but looking at them, I'm saying, okay, I can understand. I was glad it wasn't the second LAX CCK match because I didn't. That did make, that that cracked the top. Four. That was so we got so that we just get oh, the top right. three. Number four was CCK CCK LAX from the Manchester show. Then it was mm-hmm. Devlin Osprey. Then it was Havoc Osprey, uh, which I know a lot of people rated. I didn't. So again, I, I did. I, we were talking earlier on about long matches. Mm. Just 
yeah too much yeah talking to suit on that progress year interview show he gave that five stars which i was a bit surprised that uh, i wasn't a fan of that match uh, and then yeah it's walter tyler Bate. but british strong style six man with bandido flamita and ray horus is number eight uh again from the u.s okay tour. We've got to confess, I didn't see a lot of that US tour. Then there's the Walter Zack Sabre match also from uh, WrestleMania weekend. Bourbon is also a biscuit, that show. And then number 10 is Tyler Bates, Zack Sabre Jr. that we saw this time last year uh, in progress in Manchester, which was a solid match. Um, a decent one to mm-hmm. round out the 10. But... No Walter Mark Davis from that same show. That match was incredible. Mm, I was surprised at that myself. Uh, I'm a big, I think of that show, of that show, if I'm honest. Maybe it's just the visceral memory of the of the hard chops and the the state of Mark Davis afterwards, but that's the match I remember from that show. It's not so much yeah. Zack Sabre yeah, and Tyler Bate. Matches of the year, and Walter Mark Davis was second after Walter Tyler Bate, and third was uh, uh, was Osprey against Jordan Devlin, if you remember that match in a random ballroom show, which was yep. a great Oh, yes. I got quickly kind of forgotten about. Yeah, that's um, Real shame, because that, that was a real standout match in progress last year, I thought. But I've not had any talk about it really since. Which one? What, is... what are the kind of... Sorry, go on. Osprey Devlin? Yeah. Oh, that was number five. Oh, sorry. How did I miss that? Sorry. <laughs> I was going to ask, what's the range of ratings from the sort of one to ten? What so, kind of areas are they generally being graded at? Well, I mean, having a dig around myself, there wasn't really any matches that came close to the top ten. But number one... Walter and Tim Thatcher did 4.73 on average, and number 10 did 4.41 on average. So, not, not a huge amount of difference there, but yeah, but it looks like just from, you know, going through my notes and looking through, you know, the other matches that I might have expected to be maybe in the running, they seem to really be the standout ones. I don't know if there's anything you guys can think of that maybe should be on that list. I can't think. I mean, the ones that you've mentioned are the ones that stick out in my mind um, for the year, and obviously including the the Walter Mark Davis one as well. Mm. Um, it's it, it's interesting. I mean, I'd like to have seen a bit more. I suppose variance. It shows the kind of reliance that they've had on certain people um, being a main part of the cards, and a lot of those people now are going to be either NXT exclusive or perhaps even going up to Florida in the case of sort of. Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne. Is there one? That's, that's the only Pete Dunne match that's in there, isn't it? The ah, Moustache Mountain. Sick. You read my mind, JP. Yeah, that's a good talking point. Yeah, Pete Dunne. Yeah. Who, in some circles, including Fighting Spirit magazine, gets talked up as like he's, you know, some wrestler of the year candidate and that, you know, that he's that he's up there with and that he's had these myth- mythical great matches through the year but yeah no real other than that british strong style six man no real mention of him i even i went through and and dug through some of his bigger matches trying to figure out what the, the highest rate of pete dunn match was, was for this year i suppose not to play too much of a guessing game but any guesses on what that might be what would you reckon was the best pete dunn match in progress if you can remember any particular memorable singles match oh I can't. I, Ilya. <laughs> yeah that's it because that was on wembley that one did all yeah runs. i think that that one did 3.9 Five, the averages on here. The number the one, one against Tyler Bate at the very for unboxing. You got it, JP. Yeah, four. That's it. Four on average, just over four stars, which I'm surprised at because I wouldn't have gone anywhere near that. I thought that was just two mates messing around doing a, a technical yeah. match. I can't, I can't see going over four stars for that thing. But yeah, that was kind of the the standout winner for him. Like the other matches I saw for him on there, there was the Dragonov match. The Mark Andrews match at Chapter 80, which was just a sprint, you know, a ridiculous, like, short sprint. That did three and a half stars. 
Uh, his match with apparently Zach Gibson from Super Strong Style, I've got no memory of. Uh, did less than three, just under less than three stars. There's a Doug Williams match from that weekend. There's a three way with Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster that I've got no memory of. And there's that match with Joseph Connors from the start of the year uh, in Birmingham. Oh. under three stars. That's that's Pete Dunne's year in progress. And I know there's NXT UK. The year of the Gentlemen's well. Three. But yeah, I mean, where there are these standout Pete Dunne matches didn't really exist in 2018 did they do you think uh-huh. he was just he's just holding on for for the big you know obviously he goes full ball when he has his big nxt matches and you know he main evented the war game show uh it does say something to kind of what maybe what pete dunn's priorities are this last year and and just says something to maybe him fade into the background largely in progress in 2018 can't say i blame him mm. in many ways mm. Yeah. I mean, that's that's ultimately his prime employer. Um, it just makes me also think, well, wouldn't it be great to have a 2019 where he's in NXT proper, but invested in proper just singles feuds, get him away from the, you know, move that NXT UK title onto Walter, get him the kind of, you know, give him a bit of Florida sun for a bit. Mm. Um, and then, you know, have him wrestle some, you know, Ricochet or or Roderick Strong. and, and Riddle. Riddle, yeah. Have those? Keith Lee. I mean, having him a match against Chris Hero, Donovan Dijak. <laughs> I can go on. Too many. Yeah. yeah, that which is you know whole other issue in and of itself. It'd be good to see him have those kind of matches to be like sort of focus singles because I think I'm trying to think of the big NXT match that you had on pay per view. Well, Tyler Bay. The tight. Well, I forget that was last year. Yeah, well, no, it was 2018. <laughs> Oh, all right. I don't think he had an NXT match last year on paper. Well, I was going to say the only thing was the War Games. Yeah. That's the one that I was thinking of, and I was like, I didn't particularly like that War Games. No, I didn't either, but it's still, at the same time, yeah. he should be over there. Yeah, he be should be. He looked, when he was in the Rumble, he looked like he should be there. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? That's that's where Pete Dunne should be. I know that, that he's treading water because he's the NXT UK champion and he's like the he's the face of that brand. But it just says everything, doesn't it, about the fact that yeah, he should he shouldn't be treading water over here anymore. People see him as a big star. Mm. People see him as one of the best wrestlers the UK's got to offer. Uh, yeah, I think he's got more to offer than, than really what we've seen of him for this last year. I think one of the main issues as well is if we had a I don't know some old old fart dies in the next couple of years and we get a genuinely uh, open-minded um, change at the hierarchy at WWE and those running the main roster. Mm. Uh, they're open to fresh ideas because right now in wrestling, look at, I'm going back to AEW again, it all feels very fresh, inventive, new, whereas that main roster couldn't feel staler, could it, in many ways. And you say Pete Dunfit in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, he should be on the main roster. I wouldn't want to see him on the main roster because he just die at death. Look, I was That's it. hearing about what happens. It happened to him, but I don't even like him. EC3, this in the last couple of days, mm. his debut and all the rest of it. It just it just sounds like an absolute shit show. It feels like everyone's got to be made into a geek. I thought that company was changing and the fans were going to be in charge <laughs> now. How long did that last? Two weeks? <laughs> a week? If that, I can't say. I was, people I, fall for that shit every time. I've been. I, I like Becky Lynch as a character. Yeah, I couldn't be less interested in the story now that McMahon's got involved. Of, of course, they as have soon to. as I saw that, I was like, for fuck's sake! Of course, yeah. you've got to do the un, like. Let's stat the odds. What the twenty-one year angle that never fucking dies. <laughs> it, uh, it's it'll it'll die with Vince. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, when Vince goes, the angles will go. Probably, definitely. Hopefully. 
I, I don't have faith in those kids. Well, hopefully once, I don't know, Glenn Joseph, if he's listening, is booking the main roster WWE. Glenn, you can change things around and make it better, mate. <laughs> and while you're at it, Glenn, replace your namesake on NXT UK commentary. It's fucking shocking. <laughs> there you go. Glenn Joseph, the uh, the leader we can believe in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And get well soon, Glenn, because I know he's had a few health issues as oh, well. That's nice. I'll, I'll share that for it you. Is. Um, Me too. <laughs> before we move on, then uh, we just got, we've actually got a, a sponsor uh, at the moment on the IndieCorner.com that we wanted to mention. JP, uh, it's uh, it's a sponsor that's uh, close to your heart. Uh, Mechashote.bigcartel.com. Uh, they sell pins and T-shirts featuring favorite uh, Indian Japanese wrestlers. They focus on all Japan Noah and New Japan stuff. There's also a ten percent off code there if you use the code IndieCorner. Uh, you can get yourself ten percent off uh, everything offered there. Have you had the chance? to uh, have a look at their website jp i i have and i've i've calmed down a little bit on the wrestling t-shirt front i have to admit i was going for a while it was like a serious problem it was my crack and i was spending far <laughs> too much on it but looking at these and i have to say the notorious ishii one i'd, I'd love a bit of, it'd be fun to wear that while he's at york hall just to see what his reaction would be to seeing his face with the crown on it um, looks crack. <laughs> yeah, it's a... looks absolutely belting, but it's sold out, unfortunately. Well, I was big into um, that. I'm sure <laughs> I'm big into uh, that. I'm big into the the Ring of Honor Liverpool one as well. It's uh, it's kind of got yes. the like, say like logo on the front and on the back. It's got uh, Danielson and McGuinness and Danielson raining down elbows on McGuinness. I'm very tempted by that one. That's the like I don't wear a lot of wrestling t-shirts, but yeah, that's a that's a show that's near and dear to my heart and a, and a reference that I'm bang into as well as uh, some of the other stuff he's got up there. Perhaps we could buy matching unified T-shirts, Benno. There you go. Yeah, we could walk around with them. <laughs> and you, you can chuck chuck a bottle at. Um, sorry to bring it up again. Chuck a bottle Bryan. at Benno. Yeah. Oh, chuck a bottle at Benno. I wouldn't do that to him. <laughs> there are plenty of people chuck bottles at Jay White being one of the managers of the garden. That's it. Any of the T-shirts catch your eye, Joe, Joe, or just the or that one particularly, the uh, the Liverpool one. Uh, the uh, Liverpool one stood out for me. There's a good four pillars one in the style of a black flag T-shirt, which is quite cool as well. Um, yeah, have a look on there. Um, see, see if anything takes your fancy. Some good little pins on there. There's a really good one of uh, Abdullah the Butcher with a fork on top of Bruiser Brody, which I thought was really cool as well. There's some good four pillars New Japan type stuff on there as well with the pins. If if you're a wrestling geek, this is going to appeal to you, basically. So have a look. Oh, so that was a cool one there the jp just went past a hansen and brody as well so yeah they're really appealing to the kind of wrestling geek who likes his sort of iconography from wrestling yeah. past looks like a website that's made for listeners of this podcast <laughs> really and i see they've got a link uh, obviously they've got some of the wrestling resurgence stuff as well on the spandex bunny that that looks good i will say i'm gonna i'm gonna throw this out there mecca um in terms of a new t-shirt design we were talking about this before if there's any chance, just have a look in it, see if it's doable. Brookside versus EastEnders war games in the style <laughs> of Wrestle War '92. Beautiful. You know the front cover of 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 that video. Like, go for that. <laughs> Happily help out on the teams. We won't put it out well, to a public I, vote. They'll they'll they put something silly to in there. To our uh, Ask Rev Joe podcast for the teams. Well, yeah, they? exactly on that one. There you go. 
Yeah, I, I think as well, that's the other thing. Follow uh, Mecca Shows on Twitter as well. Uh, again, while this might be a sponsor, genuinely, uh, the, the, the the products that, that are on there, the T-shirts, the pins, etc., do look awesome. And yeah, they are right up the, the streets of the yeah. listeners to this. So yeah, maybe yeah, maybe we could get that tired as well. That'd be really cool. And uh, in fact, Wrestling Microbrewery uh, wants to come and get a bit of sponsorship as well. And you're listening, come on over. Give <laughs> us a share. Definitely. There's been a lot of talking of co-opting. I won't lie, I'm game for any of it. I, almost zero mo- morals push come to shove. Once the mortgage is paid off, and then I'll just put the middle finger up and walk off Steve, St- Steve Austin style. That's it. Do you have it out with Vince first? There would come a point and just go, mate, you're a fucking loon, I'm off. Like, I want none of your shit. And no, you're not a genius, you just robbed people. That's what you did, and they were arseholes as well. So don't feel so bad about that. Where did this come from? Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Moving on. Should we talk some OTT? Yeah, excellent. Always like, to hear about, always like to hear about the fellow countrymen. <laughs> That's it. Well, yeah, JP, you've been raving about their last couple of shows. Uh, I've been raving about their last couple of shows. On our last episode, you talked about the uh, the contenders show with that Devil and Aiken and mm-hmm. Speedball Scotty Davis match. Both of those matches were were fantastic. Really enjoyed them. But the the obvious place to start is the uh, the hype video that uh, that Sean Ryan put together for for David Starr and Jordan Devlin. I mean. Have either of you seen a video this good ever in wrestling history? I mean, I know people put the My Way Austin Rock video up there, and I know Devil and himself referenced this. I think this thing had that beat. Nah, this is different level. You haven't got Deborah in this one. <laughs> that was the point <laughs> up on Twitter, which he retweeted. Jordan Devlin. I, I said, I said, <laughs> like he was like better than say, you know, as good as as. Uh, WrestleMania 17 is like better to have that Deborah shite. <laughs> yeah. Because that's, a, if you find it as well, the Limp Biscuit song kind of mm. stops, becomes a load of bollocks involving her. Then she's thrown out of the mix and it goes back to, I'm not saying this as some like massive Limp Biscuit fan, <laughs> but there was no need to break up that song at all during that. Still angry about that. When was that? What year? Uh, 2001. Yeah. Yeah. 17 years and, like, sorry, 18 years. Still up, still unhappy about it. Really? <laughs> Anyway, I digress. Back to a brilliant oh, hype video. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I think this is the best manner of telling a story between two wrestlers and a proper grudge I've ever seen mm. uh, before a match. And it shows how much history, how much um, narrative and actual actually plotting stuff can actually work in wrestling when you allow it to and when you mm. play when you're patient, you play the long game. And let's remember, this isn't even a title match. This is to face the champion who both of them just can't beat. Mm. And the jealousy was caused over the fact they both can't beat Walter. It's almost like Walter is like, a, I don't know, like a girl they're both chasing or something. Yeah. <laughs> and two mates have fallen out over some girl they both fancy. It's it's yeah. it's a great dynamic. And just the, the manner of the way that the production, the way that the interviews are shot, mm. the, the acting on the interviews is great. Yeah. Like, really, really good. Like, sometimes, you know, you see all sorts of awful acting in wrestling. Will Ospreay, terrible actor. Real shame, great wrestler. But this is different level. Both guys are completely mm. honed into this. They're completely invested in it. And you believe that both guys <laughs> want this match and both guys have had this fallout. It feels like a real fallout. It doesn't feel like mm. a false wrestling fallout. They feel like real people, don't they? It's like, I believe yeah. both of them. 
Like, I believe Devlin's version of the story. I believe Star's version of the story. Like, Star's, like, he's that he's walking that line of being a dick heel, but also you can kind of emphasize with everything he's saying when he's talking about that that tag match when uh, Osprey gets picked instead of him originally. Uh, and he's kind of, yeah. like, shrugs his shoulders like it's not a big... Like, the level... Like, as far as acting goes in wrestling, David Starr, like, even though he's saying, oh, it didn't bother me, everything in his body language is like, yeah, it bothered me. And everything about, the you know, De- Devlin's version of the story, that he, he wasn't happy that it was Osprey, and he was happy when it was Starr, and talking about David Starr having, like, a look in his eye backstage as well. Just those little touches of genuine storytelling is, like, the, the level of subtlety and skill that you just you just don't see in wrestling and they're just everything about the production's great but the two guys are so good in it as well that's what mm. kind of makes it work for me uh you just you believe everything the two of them are saying absolutely it's it's like they've tied the best elements of say the new japan long build tying in with with things that have gone on over a sort of a couple of years that real long long form storytelling mixed in with the best aspects of boxing promos mm. in particular i was thinking this is the kind of stuff that if hbo were doing wrestling this is the kind of promo that they would do it's the high watermark on it and i think the key of this is this isn't just wrestler a dislikes wrestler b this is adult this is complex this is shades of gray this is you know not the lowest common denominator you know trying to appeal to kind of base opinions to get you feel a certain way and like you both said as well, this is the semi-main. But really now, for me, this has oh, become... This is the main event. There was... It made me want to go, which is what was fundamentally the point of this. It's the yeah. point of the moment. What is it trying to do? Makes you want to go. Did, did you go on Ryanair's app as well, JP? I mean, I'm never going to do it, but yeah. I, had a, I had a little look. <laughs> they, they, they almost took me into the building there with just how good it was. Exactly. And... There was one little bit at the end that I really liked as well. After the video, they used the drone over the National Basketball mm. Arena, sort of setting the location up. But you've also got, you know, that part of around Tala. You can see that. Sorry, it's the bar. Yeah, the basketball arena, mm. and you know that kind of stuff where you're you're making this feel epic. You're taking this very intimate personal friendship and rivalry, and what has come about it, and you're making it epic. Yeah, and that's. That's the job. It's not forced as well. And clearly, they're not being scripted to say every moment. Mm. There's something about, like, I think, I mean, I made the comment on Twitter. I was kind of saying, you know, is there a... Is there a British company that even comes close to what OTT are doing here on this top main event level? I mean, we're going to talk about a match or two in a minute, but just all in all, like the the presentation of this big story, the presentation of the wrestlers, the big matches that they're putting together, like nobody in BritRes is even coming close to OTT right now. They're just well above anything anyone else is presenting. And it's a lot of it is is this feud and, and videos like this that they're putting out. There's layers to the storytelling as well. Just mm. little things like some of the editing they use and some of the kind of like analogy style, VHS sort of style editing as well. Just adds mm. little nuance to the to, to what they're producing here as well. And the way that they get across like the sort of doubt and they put like a fuzzy image on screen almost subtly when you've got like an image of Star and um, Devlin looking happy together. It's great. It's really, really great. Mm. Um, the, the use of still images as well to get the story across and give context to the initial story. 
Uh, it's, it's, yeah, different level. Absolute next. It's gone beyond. I watched, rewatched Devlin Walter after watching this promo. Mm. And it's gone to a different level from the Walter promo. <laughs> the mm-hmm. Walter Devlin promo was something pretty damn special. But this has just taken this to a whole different level. No one in wrestling, is, let alone anyone in British wrestling, no one in wrestling is producing or has ever produced anything close to this. Yeah. And and one of the um, the notable things is from the earlier videos, there's a lot more in the way of visual. To a certain degree, there's a lot more sort of flashy visual effects being used with the armies. And also you had the archive footage of NXT and New Japan and stuff like that. But this is kind of more stripped bare. To kind of focusing on this particular feud and their relationship. And that is kind of where you get the human element to it. And it doesn't work without them both being completely naturalistic in the way that they're doing it. There's there's points where Devlin does like a little kind of shrug and it's like, yeah, threw it all away. Mm. And, you know, and you, but like you said before, you, you know that the kind of simmering kind of seething tensions and yeah, the water falling down is is you know it's it feels that is somewhat of a trope but you know what it works for this it works perfectly and given that their jackets are also part of their of of them as characters as well i think it plays really nicely into that yeah it's an amazing job all around the problem is he's setting himself a standard oh yeah that is going to be so ah. hard to match like whatever Assuming that Devlin wins this and goes on to face Walter. Oh, he's got to top it. <laughs> like, what is he, he going to do after that? That's it. Retire. Just go, yeah, it's not getting any better than this. The hours, <laughs> the countless hours the guys probably spent on this as well. Fair play to him. Because it's got, I think it's built a lot of excitement. And I think this is going to be a great match. Uh, hope I it sells out. Deserves yeah. to. Is it not sold out yet? There were some tickets. I don't know. I've not checked. Do you I know what the capacity is of the venue? I don't know if it's configured for up to 3,000, okay. but it's it's slightly bigger, but then it's a basketball ring. I don't know what they're doing with the entrance, all that kind of stuff. Right, got yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. I think the pressure's on for them to deliver as a match as well. I was kind of watching it going, God, mm. they've got to deliver a real heated match. I mean, Devlin's been... He has been on a bit of a roll, like I mentioned before. I, yeah. I really enjoyed his match with A-Kids, yeah, the Unfinished Business Show. You had the chance to watch that, the Belfast Show. He had a yep. really solid match with, with, with Shane Strickland. That probably uh, OTTR on Grapple now, by the way. I gave that four stars on Grapple. Uh, I believe WXW and RevPro are coming too. Uh, but yeah, I gave that four stars. It was a solid like in-ring match, You know, a, an athletic match, a, an indie kind of match. Devlin and Star have now got to deliver you know, something... A lot more brutal, haven't they? They've got to be able to deliver yeah. something that lives up to to this grudge. But yeah, if the if the Strickland match and you know his, his other performances recently are anything to go by, I can I can definitely see uh, Devlin being up for the task and, and, and certainly start to. But do either do any of us have any reason to doubt that they can't do this? Yeah, Devlin's maybe the most bankable guy out there at the moment. Mm. I can't think of anyone who's the only other person who'd be more bankable is David Starr. Yeah, Will Osprey. Yeah, Will Osprey. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that they'll tear it up. Uh, is there any better promo in wrestling currently than David Starr as well? <coughs> no. I was doing my Observer Awards the other day, and David Starr was number one in my promo of the year list. I, I don't think he gets mm. 
anywhere near the recognition that he deserves for, as you said before, Benno, his subtle acting, mm. but just the execution of his promos, as he says in his promos, his improv as well, like little bits of comedy that he can throw in as well, but the direction he can take his promos in, he is something really special on that mic. And I, I hope mm. he starts getting the sort of appreciation, the praise that he deserves for that. And I hope companies start using him <laughs> on the mic a bit more because he really adds something to every show when yeah. he's on that mic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and he's kind of he's showing up the people who kind of have, put, have turned the nose up at David Starr in the past, and like he's undeniable, isn't he? He's undeniable as a promo, as a character, even in ring, as a heel, as a face. Uh, yeah, if you're not, if you don't think David Starr is among the best in the world, you don't think he should be in that Wrestling Observer conversation. Then I don't know what David Starr you're watching. Um, but yeah, I mean, I noted it then, uh, JP. You did watch the the full Belfast show. Any 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 notes on that? On the on the Devil and Strickland match, uh, I really enjoyed that. As I just mentioned, uh, Ring Camp King of the North was a solid dab battle main event as well. Uh, yeah. What have you been making of, uh, of OTT uh, over these uh, last few months in the build up to these uh, two well, big shows? It's an interesting one because this is you know one of those rare shows where we're not talking about really a progress show or a Rev Pro show. And in some ways, because of this slight kind of calm before it all goes batshit, and for us, it's going to start going on from that this weekend. Mm. I found myself being able to watch a lot more OTT and focus on them and make sort of use of the subscription that I have a lot more and being able to catch up. And again, it the thing that I'm finding, and you, you've mentioned, you know, Devlin Strickland, very good indie match. I don't think it was as good as the the match they had previously in OTT, but that was a hell of a match. I don't know if they could it's have. It's a very different match. Though. Very, I yeah. I thought the pace, the style, the layout, the whole stuff with the knee and the leg. Yeah. They were, they were going for something different. I thought it showed just what a great wrestler Jordan Devlin was well, again because he can work. He doesn't have to just work a stereotypically indie-style match. That's it. He's not working with a big guy like Walter. He's working a very different style of yeah. match that's based around his selling, basically. I and did, how he's able to get that emotion from the crowd with his selling. I did love the reversal of the tombstone into the destroyer. Oh, I thought that was that was ridiculous. Incredible ending. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely incredible ending. Incredible ending. Using the, Curtis Chapman's Sega Mega Driver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They but they also, you know, the crowd loves Strickland. I've made a note on here saying we'd love Strickland to go anywhere but WWE. Uh-huh. One of our own, uh, Shane Strickland. Yeah, I really hope that. I hope he signs somewhere else. Uh, yeah, he's always a great performance center t-shirt along like ever roommate. I think you made a point about possibly <laughs> have the ants from Shikara. There's going to be no one left. Them. At some point, it's just going to be a photo full of ants in gray t-shirts. Like uh, at some point, the well's going to run dry. But yeah, Wait, <laughs> shade trick. When we see Teddy say. Hart in a PC t-shirt, that's there. one we'll know. <laughs> that's one we'll know. It's like all right, they there are no indies. That's I, the end. I was going to say, that latest performance in the picture as well, what I found really funny, do you notice how far away from the camera all of the trainees are? Yeah. Did you find it a really odd picture? There's no, like, profile of them. You can see the person taking the picture, and then they're just, like, framed, like, sort of at a high angle, mm. and they're really far away. It's like, who are they? I can't see I, them. I had to I zoom in. Them. Yeah. yeah. What's that all about? I'll be honest. I recognise ACH. I recognise Jonah Rock. I recognise Sam Shaw eventually when I realised he was like, <laughs> behind the moustache. Um, yeah. Sure. <laughs> when Sam Shaw is getting Sam against the direct. Well, can stalk, um... That's two of Magnus's entourage from all in in <laughs> WWE now. <laughs> Very true. Jeff uh, Jarrett, Sam yeah. Shaw. <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, oh. Any other notes on OTT? 
Yeah, so the other stuff on there, you mentioned about the main event as well. One of the things I really like, I mean, the Kings of the North are kind of ha- are good at having a, 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 a really solid wild brawl that the crowd are into. That's mm. that's kind of a, a lot of what they do. I like how they're protected in Belfast. I mean, you know, flashback to when we were over in OTT and we saw the, the British Strong Style versus Kings of the North six man that was just absolutely nuts the main event from that um so that was that was really good i, I think there's stuff with the mid card that's that's good fun i mean i don't mm. think on the show necessarily i think terry thatcher scotty davis was good one of the one of the highlights for me was seeing zach gibson on this card he was mm. brought in um alongside um charlie uh sterling he's not enough places that bloke i know i know well Maybe this is the year, pun intended, you get some wider exposure in 20, 2019 for that. Um, there was some good stuff. with the, So it was against the Angel Cruisers, which you might have seen some of their videos on some of the previous big shows before. Um, a really good mid-card act. What they have. They hit was calling them Zach Gowan and Charlie Haas the whole time, tying in with the whole contract, signing for NTX. Um, and that was, that, was all, that was all very fun as well. And the fact that Gibson didn't take he took off his jacket to the, deliver the final pin but he never took off his NXT UK tag team title belt it was quite nice as a self-enclosed story and you're going to use him it was good the crowd got to boo Gibson like the old day it was just like oh I miss this <laughs> I miss that this doesn't exist on the indies anymore the fun whenever he would come out I'd be like right yeah I'm not missing this this is going to be great um yeah the other other stuff that was on there there was Martina carried on her passable run of matches, and that is meant to be a compliment. Like, it's they're okay, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, there was, yeah, they had Tucker was was there because I think he has he been released from his yeah, NXT yeah. UK contract, and he's someone who could do with being there for a while. He was in the main event against another guy um, from Belfast, Stephen Carvel, who they're very keen on, mm. but is very very raw. Um, but has got kind of a good build. They had that match, and then I think it was a, a count-out win, but it kind of worked nicely. So as a show in front of 500 fans in this um, venue, at a very famous hotel, the most bombed hotel in the world, the Europa Hotel, um, It's it was a very good show. There was one kind of bad note about there was the place had been kind of left in a bit of a tip in terms of the toilets and stuff, and I know it seems like a weird thing to bring up, it's hard for rest, you know, the stigmas that wrestling still has about. So when they get to use good venues, don't be a twat and like trash the place. Fuck's sakes, um, it's not your last day at work, you know. It, it they they kind of made a real mess of the hotel. And it's difficult to kind of get what the fans did. I'd somebody had done. I don't think he wasn't like a wide scale like so riot or anything. Break of diarrhea in Belfast that week. I don't think there was something like that, but it was just like a bit of like some people hadn't treated it as well as they should have done, and that was sorry, some of us say. The Europa Hotel has been treated worse over the years, mate. That is very true. It really has been. <laughs> um, yeah, good card. If you have got the subscription, watch it. Certainly watch the top couple of matches, but I, I'm enjoying these smaller shows. Definitely. Uh, should we talk uh, before we go? Should we talk the uh, the cockpit that uh, that you guys got to uh, week before last? I didn't get to go. Only oh, Joe got just to Joe? this one. Yeah. Anything notable from that, Joe? <clears throat> um, I wouldn't say there's anything like hugely notable. It was a perfectly solid show. Um, it was a cockpit show. There, apart from last month's shows, 
Uh, they're always good. Um, I think Lucky Kid and Josh Josh Bodum had a great match that I absolutely loved. There's real genuine chemistry between both guys. Lucky Kid and sort of WXW and OTT guys are people that I'd like to see over at the cockpit a little bit more. Mm. I think someone like a Scotty Davis would really thrive in in the cockpit. I think he'd get over straight away. Um, I, if you're going to watch anything, I'd watch that match. Um, I'd like to see him wrestle again at some point as well. Convince him win for Bodum, but Lucky Kid, I think, sort of got over. He's got a sort of unique style. His movement, his feet around the ring, definitely got something. Uh, Michael Oku and Curtis Chapman. Michael Oku is the Ojmo. Him and Curtis Chapman had a really fun match for two guys who aren't, you know, that far into their wrestling careers. This was a really sort of good young lion style match. Quite hard hitting as well. They really laid it in on one another. You can tell that they were sort of quite close, probably both mates, because they kind of seemed to give each other free reign on their bodies, if anything. You know, a few little issues in there at times with some of the transitions and they got from spot to spot. But they're two young guys who aren't that far into their careers. You're going to expect it. But it's the kind of match that when they're going to have against one another, it's going to help both men improve. And they seem like a real understanding, real chemistry. I could see a nice little series between these two. And I like the sort of carriage development with Chapman as well, who was working a bit more aggressive, who's trying to get this kind of aggressive sort of uh, young boy character over to some extent as well. And he's got a lot of goodwill from the crowd of the cockpit as well. So it's the kind of match that works in front of that sort of crowd. Um, Brooks and Irie was quite fun. It was a very different sort of match. It was very kind of like pantomime Punch and Judy-like in many ways with Mm. Chris. Brooks playing sort of a pantomime villain of sorts, actually being a proper heel, which was interesting. He had Lycos there, it was moving quite nicely as well. Um, So it was quite nicely laid out. Irie, I'm not sold on. Um, I think he's come over here, and I think the worst thing that could have happened to him was him getting booked in that Walter match as his first match. Because when the graphic for that went out on Twitter, it was as if everyone just assumed that Irie was a certain type of wrestler. Mm. As if people two months later are still thinking he's a certain type of wrestler. I've seen comments, little places like this is the slugger match that I wanted Irie to have all along. It's like, you've just assumed he's that sort of wrestler. Had you watched one of his matches before? Did you know much about him? I think a lot of people are claiming to know a bit more about him than they actually know. Maybe Um, he's fine. He's fine, but I'm not sold on him. And I'm sure once he goes back to Japan, I'm not going to miss him in any way at all. But yeah, he's all right. Um, a bit of confusing one with Lord Gideon Gray and MK McKinnon. MK McKinnon's been excellent recently. But when MK McKinnon inevitably beats the great O'Khan on Friday, Ooh. I'm going to question <laughs> why it took him probably as long to beat Lord Gideon Gray <laughs> as it's going to take him to beat the great O'Khan. So, um, Benno, hat of the ready. Uh, <laughs> Very clear, by the way, the Peaky Blinders hat, which I have to accept that's what it is. That's not being eaten by a fine selection of shite hats that you both can tuck into. I thought it was your market trader hat. Let's assume it is, <laughs> that, with a bit of Peaky Blinders. You've got the personality of a market trader. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. No, well, that, that's a good thing. You know, <laughs> that, you know how to engage people. You're personable. <laughs> I'm also a con man on this line. You're like Winston <laughs> turning his records at EastEnders, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> that's JP's character. That's it. Oh, Pat. What? Oh, Winston. Just, I'll just take it. up in right the background that. for years. Yeah. Just doesn't say a lot. Made a good living. I'm assuming he paid a mortgage. Do, he might have, might have his own home. Do you remember there was this brief story I only got where he cut his dreadlocks off for charity? No. Only I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Probably 15 years ago. You're getting yeah. that maybe JP needs to cut his hair off if, uh, if for this show. Maybe that could be a bet. Why am I getting dragged? This is a bet between you two, <laughs> and it appears to be I'm the one who ultimately has hey, the fall. I'm, I'm still bringing a progress T-shirt with me for uh, for Joe to wear if uh, if it goes my way. I've got to be honest. Ah, uh, well, it's not going to happen, is it? So let, let's cut, let's cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> what, um, what kind of shape do you think they're in for for high stakes? Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I've seen some kickoff about the because they've been slow to announce mm. matches. Uh, I know some of it was tied into you know cockpit happenings, but all in all, I've seen a bit of disappointment for the undercards. I I haven't minded it. I, I you know I, I said from the start once once you've got Osprey Pack, you don't need fly-ins, you don't need crazy matches. Uh, it would be nice to have a few more Rev Pro title belts on the on the show. Uh, I think that's a, that's a bit of a problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know how you two feeling about it shaping up, uh, based especially on what you're saying there, there Joe, about the cockpit. Well, there's a real David Starr-shaped hole on the show because David Starr cut a promo before his match against Jackson Stone. It was quite good fun. It was a good fun match as well. Um, And David Starr was talking about how he is Rev Pro, how he is the company. And I'm kind of like, yeah, at this point I'd agree with that. But then he's not on this show. And this is coming after the match of Ishii of the last year, his main event and I don't know where he is on Friday. I think it's WXW. Ah, it's a shame. It's a real disappointment that he's not here because I think he's a real kind of asset to any Rev Pro show that he's on at the moment. Mm. Um, So it's massive upset that he's not there and there's a real hole on the card as a result of that. Um, No Zack Sabre Jr. either. I think that's a hole on a York Hall show at this point. Um, I Mm. But don't Zach is uh, on that Friday That's either. That's a weird one. To... I've been waiting for him to be announced, and it just doesn't look like it's happening, does it? I mean, hopefully it doesn't happen before by the time people listen to this, but it doesn't look like he's coming, does it? No, it's a real, real shame that. Um, I'm sure CCK Aussie Open will be very good. Um, not... It was last I'm time. Not... Yeah, it was excellent last time as well. It does almost feel like that match should be for a tag title, though, doesn't it? Or something should be on the line in that match. Yeah. And the tag titles still feel, you know, a little bit... As much as I like Zack and Suzuki together, there's a little bit of an absence with them not being on this show. And then when you see El Fantasma against MJF, you know, I'm up for seeing MJF. But at the same time, you think, should that not be a star ELP blow-off where ELP's winning the belt from David Starr potentially. Mm. So it feels like there are some holes on this show. If anything, I'm not excited for Zoe Lucas and Sammy Jane. I think they're really going to struggle because I don't think anyone's going to be familiar with them, especially an audience that are there to see Pack and Osprey. Um, people have wanted the women's title back on the main card for a long time. I, I absolutely understand why we're at a York Hall show, but I just don't know how that's going to go down with the actual fans on the night, to be honest with you. Um, Pac Osprey needs to bloody deliver. Uh, Pac, yeah. Pac, I yeah. think, 
has been a bit disappointing since he's come back out on the indies. I've not seen anything that I've been overly impressed by. Um, I, you know, I saw 25 minutes or something I was impressed by with a shit ending. So he really, really needs to deliver in this match against Osprey because mm. I think people are going to be massively disappointed if he's not able to bring the goods on the night. I'm sure Osprey will be more than up for it. Only thing I worry about is his broken foot because I had reports that he wasn't up to standard against Kyle Fletcher. Um, mm. at Fight Club Pro a couple of weeks ago. I've not seen the match. Um, but yeah, let, I'm hoping that's healed a bit more and he's able to go sort of full Osprey, let's say. Yeah, yeah I'm worried about that one because I was so hyped when it got announced. So hyped that, you know, I'm leaving work early on Friday and travelling <laughs> for it, but I'm not that hyped right now. Maybe it's the fact that I'm worried about the finish. Maybe it is that, that yet I've not... I, I believe Pac had a really good match in Dragon Gate this week. I've not seen it. So I can't say. I saw voices talking about it as potentially a five-star match. So mm, that. Okay. But other than that, everything I've seen, the evidence I've seen, it's just, just been all right. And my excitement about seeing him live just isn't there right now. Um, yeah, I think... I'm hoping I'm surprised. And, you know, considering the calibre of the two men out there, I probably will be. And I'm probably going to walk away raving about it. I hope... But yeah, it does feel like the the success or failure of this card is very much as it probably should be linked to that match because there isn't a huge amount going on elsewhere. That's it. There's, there is the potential for some things on there to be particularly interesting, but it feels like with the fact that they had sold out with the Pack Osprey, it was a really good chance to put your best foot forward with having a, a an undercard that could be introduced to this kind of sellout rabid crowd as well. Mm. So even if there is an issue with Pac Osprey in the main event, it could be covered. And I think Joe said it perfectly before. There's a David Star shaped hole yeah, that yeah. this card is missing, and because he's been so much the focal point of the company, we mentioned the title situation as well, and how we felt about. Um, the the ending to the cockpit show and the ma- the match against Zach. I'm more worried about this main event than I'm. And it's going to sound really odd, given what we spoke about ourselves. I'm weird. I feel a bit more excited about MK McKinnon versus Great O'Conn in some <sighs> odd way than Pack Osprey. I think I know I'm why. more fearful about Pack Osprey. And again, like you mentioned, is Pack going to be at the standards that? He's going to be expected of him, Frank. He's been paid the bucks to do it. Yeah, there's no Bowden match announced either. They built up Bowden mm. Kojima at the last show. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what Kojima's up to this weekend, but uh, yeah, but doesn't there's no New Japan talent on, apart from Great Khan on this show, which is quite interesting. There's got to be the first York Hall show in a long time that hasn't had any sort of New mm. Japan influence. I don't know if they've got a couple of major announcements in the next couple of days, but they've held off to maybe a day or two before the show. I don't know, because they, they were able to, because it's sold out instantly. It'd be nice if that was the case. Um, but I do think, going back to the David Starr thing, they teased David Starr and Phantasmo in a ladder match. Mm. And it feels like that would have been the ideal close to the first half of the show, to have everyone go to go to the break on a big high, come mm. back ready for Pac Osprey at the end of the next half. But yeah, it's kind of, at the moment, looking like the definition of a one-match show, isn't it? Mm. But at the same time, let's hope that match delivers and let's hope we have a nice drive to Blackpool the next day where Benno's got a hat nestled in his belly nicely digest <laughs> and we're all on a high from what a great match Pac Osprey is and the drive after a few hours sleep is a breeze oh. and then we get to see Tom Lawler, 
Stephen Flutter, Andy Ogden, and Councillor Drew Gale. Councillor Drew Gale, his Latvian wife, and all the boys. <laughs> That's all we can really hope for. But yeah, Joe, you should be the one getting ready because Great Okan's not losing. He's the great hope for New Japan this year. I don't see it happening, but we'll see. It's- it's going to be brilliant being stood in between you two and this match in particular. There's a part of me started thinking after this, what we what people need to do is just have start betting with your mate there who's you there. That makes just it start doing that, add a bit of interest to matches <laughs> that may not have been there. Because if I had money on, let's say, Zoe Lucas over Sammy Jane, like, that sounds terrible. So I'd be like, okay, right, I'm, I'm invested because <laughs> I've got something in stake in this. Uh, would you be invested though? Because Khan's been built up in this way. Yeah, uh, but, I'm invested in a number of reasons, yeah, but, but the Zoe hat Luke's thing into Sammy the mix. Sammy Jane don't have the same build-up in terms of, like, they keep winning. Wow. <laughs> I'm just talking lazily putting a few quid on it, just uh, thinking, okay. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Like the idea of, you know, doing it so you can watch, I don't know, fi- um, I'll say final score. Are you nipping out from your market store into the bookies to put a cheap bet on I can see that, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I walked into it. There we go. One last thing I didn't sort of with the cockpit, I would also say the best match of the night, which I didn't actually say, was Team White Wolf against Aussie Open. Excellent tag match. Amazing ending. I don't know if anyone's seen the gif of the ending, um, but it's essentially a uh, like you thought the Doomsday device was amazing at MLW with the Canadian Destroyer. This was a Doomsday device where essentially Kyle Fletcher goes up to the top rope with, um, I can't remember which, which member of White Wolf he had on his shoulders. Romo, I think. I think it's Romo on his shoulders. Dave, no, it's A-Kid, actually, yeah. Uh, so he's got him in the position to give him like a sort of power slam type move. Davis has um, A-Kid on his shoulders, and Fletcher basically throws Romo at A-Kid, who then flips back off of Davis' shoulders and we go into the pinfall. You've got to see it to believe it. It was ridiculous. a doomsday Spanish fly. A, not a Spanish fly so much. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, it's, it was yeah. like nothing I've ever seen before. Doomsday lawn dart might be the best way to describe oh, it. Possibly. Okay. Yeah. So we saw as if you'd like you know like the Undertaker's snake eyes lawn dart where you <laughs> yeah. throw him into the corner. Yeah, it was like that. Onto Romo, who then, or sorry, onto a kid who then came off Davis' shoulders. Okay, it was ridiculous. A move well worth seeking out if you can find it. Steiner's, uh, like Steiner's esque in the oh, Okay, that's, yeah. yeah. Think of that Steiner's match where um, Scott Steiner does the um, where he's on someone's shoulders for doing. He does the belly of, and he does the belly to belly, belly, belly and flips someone over in the yeah. air. It's sort of similar, but yeah, with an extra body in there. It was insane. Nice, yeah. I'll have to check that out. And yeah, another another argument for, for tag wrestling and Rev Pro. Eh? Yeah, we've got at least we've got that we've got that Aussie Open CCK match to be excited for for, for your haul as well. And I'd like to, I would like to see Team White Wolf used a, a little bit more. I did see Carlos Romo looking for bookings the other day on Twitter. Hopefully, we'll see more of them in Rev Pro. Um, I think they are announced for for shows going forward as well, aren't they? So, well, yeah, hopefully, we get. To I, I was going to ask a Fulham playing at home this weekend because maybe old uh, Tony will be around in town. If that's the case, FA Cup. Um, are they still in the FA Cup? Yeah, no, he wants tag team think, wrestling. They, Here we they, go. They lost it quite. A, didn't they lose? Like they lost some in the FA Cup. It was like an underdog sort of killing, wasn't it? Oh, right, probably. There's so many of them now. I I'm can't sure even they notice lost on the that. Third round to someone. Because that'll um, be it. We'll just we'll have to say to mate, a couple of tag teams here. Have a have a have a look at these lads. Yeah. Tone. 
Yeah, if Tone's there. Tone. We've got very candid <laughs> with him. We'll see if Big Tone there. wants to come on the podcast, if he wants to, you know, offer a sponsorship. We're all ears. If he wants to hang out, I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> We're now just pimping ourselves out to Tony Khan in Bethlehem. Yeah, he's not far, not far from us. If he's in London. Another word about Fulham as well. While we're Fulham there. lost to Paul Scholes Oldham in the third That's round. A giant killing of sorts. Lee to Oldham. Yeah, 88th minute winner. They were, Fulham are 1 0 up. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the news everybody heard. Uh, uh, <laughs> While well, they're listening. That's, uh, right, I'll get us out of here. Uh, Obviously, uh, as we mentioned earlier, do check out uh, the Indie Corner's uh, current sponsor that we've got going. Again, great t-shirts uh, that you can get com. Also follow at MeccaShote, M-E-C-H-A-S-H-O-T-E-I. Uh, follow them, uh, check out all their great stuff. Head to theindiecorner.com where you can see uh, a whole bunch of reviews up there at the moment. So we've got stuff from Glaps and, Glaps and Craps. We are easy for me to say. Glaps and craps. <laughs> glaps, glaps and craps, did you say? <laughs> hey, don't tell Andy I said that. It's that's, late. That's an entirely different blog, that one. <laughs> there's a uh, Bree Pro Wrestling Sunday Night Eat review up there. Uh, there's a review of uh, TNT's uh, Dead or Alive show. An OTT Unfinished Business, the show we talked about earlier, from uh, Lorna mm-hmm. Marie Watts. And also a Fight Club Pro Project Tokyo review that you can check out as well as all the other graps and claps stuff. And all the other reviews on there. Follow me on Twitter, at Benson Richard follow the indie corner at the indie corner follow jp at jp jp and we'll be back uh, soon we'll talk well after after this big weekend but watch out on saturday because there's going to be some video content that i'm going to produce of benno consuming jp's hat (laughs) after mk mckinnon marches on to victory against the great o'khan never happened to me never happened come on mk (laughs) we'll see you guys bye Hey, but then scream. If you don't fuck with them haters.